uh, getting in the thick of it before we we yeah. we really really get into the meat and potatoes. And I Ed, absolutely Ed's, Ed's got Ed's got some show and tell for us. I yeah, do. Some... All right, so I I've posted four images there. I I I went to this. There's this little tiny shop that opened up not far from where I live. Right. Mm-hmm. It's called Incredible Thrift, and uh, and so I on a on a whim, I went in after work today and I saw a a mess of wires and poking out of these wires was an NES connector. And I found some treasure. So these four images that came up, you're starting with that super NES controller. How much do you think I paid for these items in total? This is fun. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's see, Drew Carey. Um, I am going to wager... 37 loonies. I don't I don't know your currency. Whatever the equivalent of 37 cents is. 37 loonies is $37. Fuck. Ooh. Okay. What is 37 cents? 37 in, cents would be well, we don't have pennies anymore. Right. All right. right. Uh, so I'm gonna, it would I'm have to go be, down to 35. 35 cents? That's your final uh, answer? That's my I'll final. say uh, I'll say one loony. One loony. Okay, you're both <laughs> Not that low, not that low, but the answer okay. might still surprise you. Uh-huh. Images are coming up. Oh, oh, he's putting prices with this, too. Okay. This okay. is interactive. Oh, all right. Yeah, this is when, like, I okay, the equivalent of Drew Carey's Vanna White, which, God, they never gave that poor <laughs> woman a name. I'm so sorry. I know you have a name, ma'am, but, like, I don't know what it is. Okay. A uh, dollar forty-nine. Wow! So you guys still use the American dollar sign? That's that is that is neat. I learned something. <laughs> Just like it's stupid. But it's okay. In front. Okay. Dollar forty-nine. All right, and then. So wow. a, a Super NES controller for a dollar forty-nine, right? Uh, the Turbo. Oh, these are two thousand three uh, prices. <laughs> this is this is neat. Like this is unheard of pricing for these kinds of accessories it's like quick... the like the babbage's bin yeah Dude, uh talk to me about these shop owners do they still think we're in the middle east warring for oil like what's up <laughs> like, <laughs> i mean they what the, the way that they explain it is that they uh they found a uh storage unit and they just bought out the storage unit ah, and put put it in their right. shop and this was just a bunch of stuff in there uh you know hang on and safari hunt co- combo cartridge for a dollar 50 right i mean it, next they're awesome. going to talk to you about hit shows will and grace and how i met your mother <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you just don't see these prices anymore and it's sort no, of no. Man, it really brought back some some warm fuzzies that I had missed for several decades now. Um, yeah, uh, uh, it, these, this is the kind of thing that happens in a dream. Like, I'll dream about going into random stores and suddenly finding stuff that, you know, is intriguing, but maybe mm-hmm. not something I'm looking for, but it's dirt cheap. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get this. And then as I pull at it, something else appears. And I'm like, wow, I'm going to get this too. Same thing happens here. I see this NES connector. I find the turbo pad there. It's, it's a, what is it? Turbo tech controller, which I'd seen on eBay before and I've wanted to get, but they're like, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks. You know, it was meant to be. And as I'm pulling that out, out comes the quick shot uh, control stick there. It's all completely micro switched. You know, 50 cents. You don't see that anymore. 
it's it's just it blew my mind today the only i wanted to share that the only thing i've ever had close to that experience i think i shared this with you a while it was the year that val and i got together we were going to get taco bell and this random it was a new taco bell like right next to a neighborhood that's like caddy corner to a high school Mm -hmm. so we're like all right let's go there uh they had a bunch of free shit on the driveway um they're just like a cardboard sign free um and some of it uh i'm just like i'll mosey through but something just spotted the corner of my like a, a specific like tone of like software gray i find a com- like not a complete but like a pristine super nes with ninja warriors doom super mario all-stars and super mario world combo cart and some other fucking cart that i can't recall uh... i'm like fuck it i'm gonna take it ninja warriors alone at that time was like over a hundo. I don't even know what it is now because Super NES it's games are an obscene amount because it's one of those Natsume games, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah obscene amount of money for Ninja Warrior. Even for sure. even fucking Doom, Doom yeah. for the SNES, like the worst fucking console port of Doom is. Oh well, no, I should I should take that back. Uh, 3DO port is still okay. by and large the worst one. Um, I don't know. At this point, you can play fucking Doom on your uh calculator on, on your stove. Like Jeff Gertzman, <laughs> right. Jeff Gertzman got his stove fucking gobbling at him. So I'm sure, like at some point, we'll see a giant bomb on him playing, like him playing fucking Doom on it. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, how's everybody's colonizer day going? Oh, decent. Worked. Yeah, same. We're, yeah. We all worked our day job. You too, Ed. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, ours was last month, but uh, you know, right. I had it off though. Oh man! Oh, um, you had you, the yeah today off or your your holiday last month off? Uh, the one last month, yeah. Oh, okay, oh that's good. good. Nice, nice, yeah, good. Got it. Got to make up for. I I just every year, every year I I see less and less appeal to this fucking holiday. Like the only mm-hmm. thing that like I think is like ever given this stupid day like this unbridled sense of undeserved joy uh, is. Bob's Burgers. I don't know why, but like their Thanksgiving specials are always like, oh, this is like, huh. this is whimsical enough. I enjoy this, but right. Oh man, no. Val and I came across something that just like it. It just shaded our perspective even more. Where like, I like uh, a Native American was just like basically, uh, just venting. Just I. I don't know why people ask me what I'm doing for this holiday like i don't know why they feel the need to especially corner me and single me out over what my plans are this holiday it, it like it, it would be like if i just asked them what they plan to do like for 9-11 like where they're gonna go eat and stuff like yeah. that i'm like damn right on like that right there uh like fucking yeah. happy gilmore clap all the way um so yeah i mean but whatever the spirit of being thankful and whatnot if we remove like the genocide and and fucking everything else from it i'm thankful for you guys we're thankful for you and i liked looking at the horror pictures of people's food on different social media posts oh god enjoyable i haven't eaten meat in over (laughs) eight years and i can tell you like like it, it it's an issue when i can point that out um but no oh dude we we got to uh supple upon uh, a, a wonderful feast prepared by my paramour, uh, all provided by Trader Joe's. So uh, sponsored by Trader. Dude, it yeah. it is stupid unfair 
how far that store is away from us because there's nothing bad that ever comes out of that goddamn store except for mm-hmm. like some like fucking some douchey kids that work there from time to time but other than that like nothing bad like this fucking kid had the audacity like i'm there with my stroller that i have our two dogs in like yes i'm like i'm the dog dad i sure. i don't give a shit but like everybody of course has to stop and talk to us like we we, we are commanding attention away from actual children so it, it's like already a process within itself but this this fucking mongoloid has the audacity to just like start up this conversation i'm just like wow so those are your, uh those two dogs which one's your favorite and i'm like excuse me and i'm like which one's your favorite like which one do you love more than the other one like those are his exact words and i like it just stopped me dead in my tracks i'm like dude what kind of question is that do you, did you did you ask the family before me like which kid they would save if they were hanging by a cliffside and which one they would let drop to their death like what, what oh i mean I, i've got a favorite kid that's <laughs> is that not a thing is that that I... dude <laughs> oh okay I, this that, was an can, argument can, that we were actually can, having like do people have can, can, favorite can we kids? can we react yeah can we redact that i uh <laughs> strike that from the record please thank mm-hmm. you it's the oldest now youngest youngest one's just a straight menace man that kid absolute menace i mean i'll point out which one's like more of a hat like there's always the honor student and then there's the bart simpson and like that's fine right right like i can't all be leases yeah doesn't mean i love them less god damn of course not of course not but apparently (laughs) if you work at trader (laughs) joe's you love nothing Oh, dude, no, I don't think he was expect. I think he was expecting me, like, he was, like, like, he, 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 like, probably expected a little bit of a rat-a-tat, and I'm like, oh, no, bro, like, full stop, like. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I would not engage Maybe don't be a piece of shit at the Trader Joe's. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. all, even all the ladies are like, ooh, wow, like, you touched a nerve. I'm like, well, well, who does that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. It's a weird thing to talk to a stranger about, that's for sure. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, dude, a complete, yeah, yeah but, like, <laughs> no joke, like, fucking, it's like, it's like running into, like, imagine you and your family uh, run into, like, a, an old, like, ex at the supermarket, and then the cashier goes, oh, so you two used to date? Who do you miss more? Like, like, straight uh, up, like, the dude asked me, yeah, like, yeah. deadpan like that, like, it was, it was one of those situations where I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be rude at the Trader Joe's, like, fucking... Like, this man and his, like, franchise of, of wonderful supermarkets have been pretty good to me and my family. But, like, if you want to, if you'd like to draw a line in the sand, sir, like, fucking so be it. I'll step over it. Um, but, yeah, it, it just, it took me aback. I was uh, sure. I was not expecting, I don't know, man. I I get it. Maybe. You're working holiday week, but, like, fuck, bro. Tone it down. Yeah. Like, find your music yeah. somewhere else. We all hate working retail during the holidays that we can all agree on, but you don't take it out on everyone. Dude, I don't I don't know if it's just like something they indoctrinate during like the orientation and training of that job, but no, nah, man, it, it they have the same energy of Dutch Bros. Have you guys ever had Dutch Bros? I don't know what that is. Oh, nope. dude, it is it is like if TikTok opened up a coffee store chain. It oh, I so... I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> It's so in your face and obnoxious. It sounds very exhausting. I just want a coffee, man. I don't know what exactly. we're doing here. <laughs> Dude, same. Fucking same. But they have amazing mm. granola bars. I just, they put too much ice in their shit. Anyway, uh, yeah. episode 137, 
of uh, Press Pause Radio, we are going to do another What's in Your Console, kind of catch everybody up and, uh, you know, uh, whisk you off for the holidays before uh, we think about some other more prudent topics that we can talk about, maybe when we have the uh, energy and, of course, uh, kind of doing some fun stuff before we get into the nitty-gritty of the uh, 2021 Golden Zonkies. So yeah, we, Zonkies are right around the corner. Right, right around the fucking corner. So... Uh, with that being said, let's let's get the show started. Okay, so before we do get the show started, real quick, because I, I did have an aside that I wanted to add to uh, Ed's introduction to this lovely show. Um, here the, the, ga- in... the, the game show section of the show? No, not the... Well, uh, more, more or less just purchasing video game and game paraphernalia oh. on the secondhand market, uh, like older games specifically. Uh, here in the Central Valley of California, and to some extent to... Uh, the greater coast and southern areas, there is a trope of a fucking a, a trope of almost every little uh, game hunting trip or or just shopping excursion for old games that like has become its own little local stereotype or or just you will never be able to avoid it. And that's when you know the secondhand market's fucked because you have to pay attention to the price of this particular game. But no matter where you go, no matter what rundown shack, like we're talking you're if you're ever at one of like the bodega truck stops and then like they open up like the even the corner corner flea markets, which do happen out in the countryside, if they have any video games, any NES, any video games at all, even if it's just one, it's always guaranteed to be some fucked up ass copy of Top Gun for the NES. <laughs> fucking guaranteed. Antique store, like uh, swap meet, you name it. Like if if this fucking booth has nothing but like used knives and like bullet shell casings in one video game, it's going to be Top Gun for the NES. Yeah, Do you man. have a Canadian equivalent to that? And to that effect, uh, Andrew, I know this isn't always your scene, but for the you know weird times that you might go teaking with the misses, do you have an Ohio equivalent? I'm curious to know. Hmm. Of a video game specific property? Of like an old retro game, like something that you can guarantee see sold all the time. Like like even in PS2 era, like like a yeah. fucking guaranteed year of Madden that was always there, um, or something to that effect. I. Uh oh, fuck! I know. Uh, the Xbox Burger King games. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, you will always see those fuckers around. Absolutely, it always seems every to be single the, place. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. What? Yeah, it's oh. like it, it's, it's not like it's not the writers one. It's not the Sneak King. Like it's the bullshit third one that no one wants. <laughs> always. Uh, what is the bullshit third one? Well, there's the bumper car one, and then there's like yeah, big sneaking one. There was Big Bumpin, there was uh, Sneak King, there was Pocket Bikes. 
pocket bikes. That's it. Yeah. Maybe pocket bikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goddamn. Uh, mm-hmm. so Adventures of Bayou Billy. Would you be surprised, Ed, if I told you that that's actually one of the pricier games here? Like that game, really? no joke. W- yes. That game <laughs> will fetch over 25. Glenn. Uh, it's like 10 bucks. Damn, dude. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to trade uh, economies here. We're gonna have to like right, yeah. we're gonna have Swap. to like take some notes and fucking check with each other so we can we can compare and uh, contrast and what have you. Figure um, it out, yeah. Yup, but uh, no, it's yeah, it's that one guaranteed. Uh, and then it's um, fuck. What's another one that I can rattle off really quick? Oh, dude, um, uh, Buster Douglas fucking boxing for the Genesis. Mm. And it's always loose, and uh, its label is half torn off. Like, that shit you always see. And, like, that, that like, is always a little bit more, like, oh, because Genesis games are, are climbing up now. But anyway, um, yeah, we, I mean, we can talk about, like, maybe some stuff we've been buying, too, because I also uh, grabbed, uh, a, like, some stuff is on the way. Um, that I did get something, I guess I can throw in, but yeah, this one's another quickie, like what's in your console, uh, myself, Andrew and Ed, uh, we missed you, Ed, uh, this time, Sean, uh, he can't be with us. He's in, uh, the other Milwaukee, which we got to learn a fun fact. There's a Milwaukee in Oregon. Um, so they don't, they don't have like a brewer's team or anything. They're, they're just, they're just a town on the map. So, um, but anyway. Yeah, I figured we'd we'd get into uh just round robin what we've been playing, uh talking about maybe what we're looking forward to, and then uh we can wrap it up and the next show will either be a feature topic or we may uh get our golden zonkeys going because we're thinking just to kinda condense it that we might do it in two parts or like kind of just condense maybe our picks down from five to three, which I think would uh probably be easier just for uh digestion and the fact that like it, it would force us to really commit i have two uh, actually my three are easy if i were to pick my three right now i could do it but um i don't know i figured i'd i'd, I'd kind of throw down the gauntlet between you two um but i digress let's let's go ahead and get this lovely little show on the road ed now that um you you've gone and, and you've uh uh, confined, or not, I'm sorry, confided your your storage wars and your antique roadshow uh, journeys. Tell me, friend, what's in your console? Or, or better late yet, what's not in your wallet? Tell us what you've played in the <laughs> box. Let's go with what I've played first, um, which also sort of ties into what I've bought. Um, I'm trying to do a feature on the Cresta series. Uh, so, you know, like Terra Cresta, Moon Cresta, uh, leading up to Soul Cresta, which has been pushed into 2022. 
Um, and uh, one of the games that I've been playing in that series is Terra Cresta 2 on the PC Engine. Which you, you clever, clever man. Because, like, anytime I, I, I've never heard of a game that you just bring to my attention and I check it out, it's always gold. But, like, this kind of also opened up my... I had no idea this series even existed. So, of course, what's really neat is uh, the very first one for the arcade has an arcade archives release on Nintendo eShop. It does, yeah. And as I have my little Tate set up, I got to boot it up and play it on my 14L5. And man, it is is fun, but holy shit, is Terra Cresta 2 for PC Engine just leaps and bounds a significantly more enjoyable and playable game. As of... This episode, I I would venture to say that Terra Crested 2 is Nihon Busan character, uh, Corporation's finest title. Uh, it's probably the greatest game they've ever made and that they ever will make because, of course, uh, they went out of business, I believe, in 2016 or so. Everything was transferred over to Hamster in terms of their IPs. So Terra Cresta 2 being, uh, it was one of their only uh, console exclusives. Um, and it is just so good. What what really makes this particular shoot-em-up uh, particularly interesting is that, uh, well, they, the, the series as a whole sort of bases itself around a formation system, right? So uh, you can collect bits to add on to your ship, and you can break mm-hmm. them into a formation to broaden and enhance their attack powers. What makes Terra Cresta 2 particularly special among all of these games is that you can customize the position of each formation. So when you've got two ships, you can choose where your other ship is in relation to your ship. Three ships, same deal. You can you can completely customize where they are and so forth. And it the the level of customizability is kind of unlike anything that's been seen up until that point. Right. But I also really appreciate the fact that if that's not like your scene, if that's not something that you have any sort of interest in, in messing with, that the game is so wonderfully balanced, like the pacing of it, like mm-hmm. for, honestly, for me, I... I dabbled in it a few times, but, like, I also didn't have the patience. I kind of, like, that's the thing with, like, it, it's that Catch-22 where, like, man, I, I would, like, a shoot em up with, like, more creative mechanics and features. But I also, man, I just want to fucking shoot things already. So, <laughs> um, I I really yeah. appreciate that. Even if you don't get into that, uh, the it's... advanced nuances, and if you just decide to go through, the, like, the default formation as you build and power up your, your, um, your your spaceship that it it's still like it, it it's still balanced in a way to where you can actually like you can absolutely capitalize and learn and, and play better with skill that works around like the level design really complements like mm-hmm. the flexibility of it but it's also paced around like yeah it's it's, it's great that this game gives you the choice between just diving right in and and you know tooling around to the point that you can really sort of dial it in to your specific uh, your specific tastes with regards to the uh, to the formations that are available. It's, you know, exceptionally rare, even uh, even today, that you can find a game that allows you to do just the those tiny little adjustments if you want. 
Well, the one thing too that I really appreciate that you didn't see a lot, uh, like a lot of shooters don't do it all, and I really enjoyed this is that each uh, enhancement that you pick up also acts as a hit point. But the moment you get hit, it it doesn't cancel out your entire like power loadout. It your your all your power ups that you collected up to that point you're only going to lose the most recent one. So you don't completely depower down. Like, it doesn't have that that Gradius effect where, like, you fucking lose a stock and then you are uh, just fucked from here on out with, like, the the base weapon. So exactly. I really enjoy that, too, especially for someone who is not, not good at the shooty shoots. Like, <laughs> does what he can. Now, uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I did uh, recently just take delivery of... Uh, uh Nihon, Nihon Busan's final title <laughs> Terra Cresta 3D which is <laughs> on the Sega Saturn and uh it, 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 dude people are mean to that i read maybe, about that I... but hear me out it is in fact the worst game in the Terra Cresta series it it is there's there's no two ways around it it doesn't even have a scoring system to it mm, it looks neat it looks neat, yeah. I'll give you that. The graphical effects are pretty neat, but as a game, uh, no other, uh, every other game in the Cresta series thus far is a better game, objectively speaking, than Terra Cresta 3D. You've got me there, Haas. You've got me there. In addition to, uh, in addition to that, uh, I've been playing a lot of Moon Cresta, which, you know, same series, radically different uh, type of gameplay. It was the first in the Cresta line. Uh, it has a lot more in uh, common with uh, a Space Invaders or a Galaga. What's interesting, mm -hmm. though, is that it actually predates Galaga. So a lot of what happened in Galaga was actually based on uh, stuff that was pioneered in Moon Cresta, like the more aggressive enemy waves and such. Um, you can dock with and enhance your ship once again with multiple parts, but the fewer lives you have, the fewer parts you can possibly get for your ship as you progress through the waves. Um, so it's a little less involved in terms of formation, um, and more of a risk reward because your hitbox gets significantly larger as you add on more parts but you also get more shots as a result so there's a fine balance to it that i think uh the nuance the nuance of which i think might be lost on people playing it where it's an older style title um but it's, it's great of, well i didn't mean to interrupt you but you saying that because I've, I've honestly i've never heard of it but it totally funny that you mentioned that is um jeremy prayer uh parish of uh one up EGM, IGN, uh, US Gamer and the like, amazing individual, uh, does his own video series every now and again. He's been doing, <laughs> in addition to like uh, Nintendo Works, he's been doing, say, Gaiden. Uh, and he introduced like an SG-1000 uh, arcade title, uh, Shack and Pop, which I've never heard of. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, apparently, and it, it it's uh, basically a really rough prototype precursor to uh, fucking bubble bobble, but it uses the fucking kiwi from New Zealand story, which I knew they all were in the title line, but I thought I didn't realize that that kiwi like had origins there. But like all the <laughs> enemies from bubble bobble, like it was just a weird little time capsule that I've like never really heard of, and which, I, I can see why. Shack <clears throat> and Pop, I believe, also was on the Famicom. Yes, but yeah. uh, apparently the SG one thousand port is much more faithful to the uh the actual arcade. Oh yeah, um, but. 
funny enough, he does this, and then fucking serendipity, uh, Taito Memories gets announced, and Shack and Pop is one of the games announced. So yeah, uh, I'm getting excited for that. But that I I had no idea that Moon Crest. So like, it's it's so weird when you like dig into the little minutia of certain things. Like, and even then, um, I don't know when you when you get into like, it's funny that you mention uh, Galaga because. Um, I, I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast, and I've been meaning to talk about it prior, but I really got into fucking Gorf, of all things. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man. Gorf is basically, like, I, I love that the whole premise of the game is just like, hey, do you mind if I copy your homework? I'm like, okay, just, you know, change up some of the answers so it doesn't make it, so it makes it look like you did it. Yeah, sure, okay. And it's just fucking... It is every goddamn other uh, contemporary around that time. It is Galaga. It is Space Invaders. It is Buck Rogers. It is all that in uh, four levels. Uh, and it's just weird that it didn't have too many home conversions, but it has this weird, like, uh, homebrew legacy for the Jaguar CD and its own, like, urban legend to it or whatnot. And I finally uh, got a working ROM of it for the Jaguar game drive, and I got into it for a minute. I would love, you know, honestly, to try to grab a physical release, but just grabbing that and just having something like that in my house. I, I even thought about streaming it, but the rapid flashing colors, I absolutely wouldn't want to do that to anyone mm-hmm. unfortunate enough watching it. It is oh, not... It, just just throw up a, a epilepsy warning and you should, you should be fine. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, but I I don't know, dude. Like that, I've never seen such an obnoxious use of flashing. But anyway. Well, um, I can think of one. Hyperspace Invaders Deluxe. <laughs> yeah that one is uh oh dude yeah no i watched your i watched your video on that i remember i remember you yeah egregiously dude, that looked, yeah yeah that, that had no regard and i think though i think the devs actually got um they they caught some shit for that and i don't remember them having a very elegant response yeah no at they least didn't. not at first yeah I, I believe they also had like a flashing epilepsy warning which was a complete dick move yeah dude oh that uh, is a dick god damn super dick move yeah Fuck you. Jesus Christ, exactly, <laughs> dude. Like, ugh. Anyway, um, is Mooncresta available, like, also from Hamster? As like, in Arcade the... Archives, yeah, it is. Okay. Yep. I will, um, I will put that on my... I am running out of room on my uh, SD card, so it's just on my... <laughs> it's on my little scratch pad when I get well, a bigger card. Luckily, they're small in size, so it's not so bad. Oh, no, um, bro. I am, I am, the, I am archiving you're data. scraping it? Oh, stage. I see. Yes. <laughs> I'm at that stage. You might, you might <laughs> say that uh, you're, you're arch- archiving the arcade archives. Oh, dude. Mm. They... They luckily because they're so small, like I but like Yo dude, dog heard you like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> as, when you when you said the archiving the archive, that's exactly the first yeah, thing I thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, no it's not even like when like it's sad that the my my uh, motivation, like my incentive for what plat what game for what platform is honestly it's not always driven by like what has the um best performing port or the highest fidelity it's usually like fuck what do i have space on to where i don't have to fuck with it it's and like sometimes that's why i think at this point i've been buying more for the x the xbox one x and the series x like most of my purchases the the last ps4 game that i bought that i've yet to install is uh uh 13 sentinels Ooh, Um, yeah yeah i've been wanting to grab we really i would love for us to do our uh vanilla wear uh, coverage again like i would love to yep. redo all of those videos and kind of like yeah. go on that so if you all are down for that like fucking any reason to play those games again absolutely odin yeah. sphere fucking uh dragon on and yeah for sure 
Um, oh, so good. Muramasa. We are almost. We are yeah, almost, Muramasa. Oh, goddamn. We are almost at a fully translated version of Princess Crown. Very good. Um, but wow. I have a very rough translated version that I can also like capture for us. Um, and and we finally we don't have to capture it on the PSP anymore. We can capture it fucking uh, on, on the sat. Yeah. So, um, but I don't anyway, think I so, have Muramasa on the Wii anymore. That's got to be hard to find nowadays, huh? But they did a uh, a re-release on the PlayStation Four. Really? Was it was on PS4. And... It was on Vita for sure. I yes, know it's on it's Vita. On... Yeah, it's on Vita and PS4, I believe. Nice. Let me double oh, check good. right now. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely get into uh, that. Yeah, again. dude. Because I'll tell you right now, man. We you want to talk about? Um, God, what was the thrift store you named? Incredible Thrift. Incredible mm-hmm. Thrift. Incredible. You want to talk to them? Shout out. Prices? Shout out. Incredible <laughs> th- Thrift. Yeah. Uh, fucking Muramasa for the Wii is totally not an incredible thrift price. I will tell you no. that right now. No, oh, it's no. not. <laughs> oh no no no. Oh no. Uh oh no. All right, Muramasa PS4. Uh yeah, Muramasa Rebirth for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Damn. Nice. I like it. Um but yeah, speaking of Mooncrest, uh multiple versions exist outside Oh of... no, fuck I lied. Yeah. It's on the Vita only. Sorry. Uh oh. Just right. on the network a pe- as a Vita. I, I accidentally it's a there's a petition. <laughs> there's a petition. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is Operation Rainfall a part of this one? Are they they getting in, involved? No man, I don't even god damn, they they definitely went radio silent. But okay, I oh, I, I apologize. Ed, go on. Yeah. No worries, no worries. So yeah, Mooncrest. Arcade archives, yes. But also, it's available on PlayStation 1, and as part of the uh, Nichibutsu Arcade Classics on Super Famicom, what's neat about the Super Famicom version is that, well, okay, so the Super Famicom version has, like, this unique version where they've redone the uh, the visuals. Kind of mm-hmm. neat, right? Pretty cool. You're not going to find it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also one on the PlayStation as part of the Nichibutsu Classics uh arcade classics mm-hmm. um you know there's a standalone arcade hits release but the arcade classics also has a a, a, a version called sfx or okay. space fighter well, x which is not to be confused with another sfx that nichibutsu has done oh, okay. um and yeah it's just like a different way to play the same game but like i appreciate that there's all these remixes of the game available uh in various ways but yeah we we've got them all and we're definitely going to cover them in the future at large um aside from that speaking of playstation 4 uh got uh got a chance to get hands-on with kyukyoku tiger heli from the m2 shot triggers line i'm so happy that you're talking about this because um some like other friends uh has also uh they've started playing in some of the retro groups and Mm -hmm. um I kind of want to check it out because I feel like, and this is me, you know, saying this out with my whole chest, uh, mm-hmm. that Tiger Heli for the FM Towns is the best, best port. I think it's better than the arcade version. So I'm curious to see. But I hear that they use the same arranged soundtrack from the FM Towns version, but it's the arcade port. So I'm like, okay, I'm curious. But I, I don't know, man. It's so fucking good on the Marty. So I'm curious to hear like your thoughts on it but that's actually been one of my favorite things to boot up uh, alongside truxton 2 uh it's a solid release actually uh you've got what the uh you got the arcade versions of kyukyoku tiger and tiger heli you also have the famicom 
and NES versions of both Kyukyoku Tiger and uh, Tiger Heli, which over here was uh, Tiger Heli and Twin Cobra. Twin Cobra is what, what Kyukyoku Tiger was called. Um, Mega Drive and Genesis versions also uh, were added uh, for Kyukyoku Tiger. Uh, PC Engine version for Kyukyoku Tiger is on there as well. So there's all kinds of uh, of different uh, like consumer versions in addition to the arcade version, but only the arcade versions have those like really cool widgets that sort of give you like you know on the fly feedback and little hints about the game and the really mm-hmm. cool scrolling map and stuff like that. Um, you know, game modes uh, include super easy, standard, and custom. And the custom mode, I think, is probably the best because you can get the uh, the sort of difficulty that the arcade version offers, but you can change the speed of your helicopter, which I think makes it a, a, objectively more fun with a faster ship. Because I've always felt that the uh, the control was a little sluggish on both uh, Kyukyoku Tiger and uh, Tiger Heli on the whole. Uh, with, the, with the boosted speed, it's way more fun. I've always been... Like more, I like the tanky. I like when you're too fat. Like it it had to me, like the the sensation of moving around like a refrigerator on roller skates has never been fun. Like the the, like that, I need something with more traction. But uh, I'll I'll definitely. That's that's not to say that you're that it's drifty or anything. It's it's extremely sharp. Um, It's just that you know the 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 rate of movement allows you to better deal with the uh, the Mach seventeen thousand bullets. That that the game fires at you, especially with regards to Kyukyoku Tiger. There's a reason why the PC Engine version plays a lot better than the Genesis one. Um, so Twin Cobra is the one that starts off in the jungle, right? Uh, I know Tiger Heli starts off from an ocean, going to a coastline, and then like going inland from there. But I believe no, I don't both, know. I may they be both re- do. Uh, (laughs) tiger heli you come out of a truck and you're kind of like almost on a on a pier and you Mm -hmm. have that funky like water texture uh kikyoku tiger you're on a boat and then okay that's the one i'm yeah that's tiger heli is kikyoku tiger right no kikyoku tiger is twin cobra oh fuck me see dude i don't yeah all right then i then i've been playing twin cobra a lot yeah on like genesis no on the marty oh yeah okay well, yeah, Kyukyoku Tiger, you know, got uh, some decent uh, decent ports as well. But to generally speaking, I think most of the ports for Tiger Heli were like 8-bit. I gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. Okay, so, damn, I must have been mixing them up then. I'm a dumb. Easy mistake. I apologize. Easy mistake. I mean, it's, it, they sensibly feel like the same game when you play them enough. Except, you know, obviously Kyukyoku Tiger has better visuals and sound and, you know, more, more to the mechanics. What's cool about... Um, Tiger Heli, though, and I went over this in the review for NES and Famicom back in, what, Series 11 uh, of Bullet Heaven. Um, it sort of started the, I, I believe it started the trend or the uh, the idea of an auto bomber. Uh, what's mm. cool is that you can see the bombs on your helicopter as you're playing the game. And if a shot hits you on a side with a bomb, the bomb will, will, the bomb will auto deploy and save you, right? Um, whereas if you don't have a bomb on the side where you get hit, you'll end up dying. Damn, dude, that's, that's fairly forward thinking for the time. Oh yeah. Um, I I believe it was like 1986 or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, most bombs didn't even... Uh, they were just meant for heavy damage. They weren't even, like, a means for, like, a evasion or a way to, like, you know, take out a uh, fucking barrage of bullets. At least older titles that I've noticed, like, yeah, usually. Yeah. yeah, so that's... That, I don't, all right, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, Kikyoku Tiger Heli, that's also on uh, Nintendo Switch as well uh, from the M2 Shot Triggers line. Uh, we'll close out with a couple of, uh, of, uh, rapid fire ones here. Space Moth Lunar Edition just released on the Nintendo Switch. I played some of that on the stream recently and it was, some, it was pretty good fun. Uh, it's vastly improved over the, uh, the original release that we took a look at in series seven of Bullet Heaven. Um, they added new, uh, new features that make it a little more approachable. It's still very, very difficult though. Uh, it's, it's a definitely an intermediate game. Uh, so you'll definitely have to s sort of put the legwork in if you're a novice. Uh, Honono Ranger Man, or Blazing Rangers for the Famicom, we got sent a copy from First Press Games. And uh, that's a great game. Um, very arcade style. You're a this is a brand new release? Yeah, you're a firefighter. Uh, and you uh, have access to a, a, a water gun. Is it like that game that's like an isometric view? It's not isometric, but it is top down. But it's and not. Is it top down in like an angle? Not, or... not so much. No. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, uh, it's uh, what, what's cool about it is that you uh, you will have higher firepower if you're attached to if you've got the hose attached to you, right? Mm -hmm. But the hose has only a certain length unless you pick up add-ons for the hose. Um, when you're away from the hose, you can still fire water, but it's going to be at less power. And you're going to have to deal with, like, fire-based enemies that can sometimes attack your hose and shorten it. So you have to go back and grab the hose in order to sort of bring it out to where you were. Uh, there's, you know, a risk-reward to it all. Um, many, many phases. There's even oh, boss fights. the guys that did the uh, Protect Me Night series. The, yeah. That, that, yeah, like, didn't that have a, a 360 release on the indie? Like, have an indie release? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and it was just an NES emulator running the game? <laughs> Yeah, like, so so they 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 made their first press and uh, I, I forget the company that uh, that developed it. They they made physical Nintendo and Famicom versions of the game, which is excellent. And yeah, the the soundtrack is kicking. The graphics are really good. It's like a I think it's thirty two kilobit plus eight kilobit uh, for the cartridge. Oh. So it's like an expanded cartridge. It allows it to do some nifty stuff like parallax. Such a fucking uh, really good stuff, yeah. Our timeline. We I feel I like every other episode now we've been able to play brand new original games for uh, old retro platforms. It's oh yeah, it's wild. all about that that <laughs> oh, neo shit. retro. As the trailer goes off, as I check it out, <laughs> yeah. neo yeah. retro cadence. Yeah, it's very good. Um, damn, I'll have to check that out. Sorry for anybody's uh, ear holes that I just fucking blew open. <laughs> all right, um, finally, finally, last thing I promise. This is it. Uh, Scat for the NES, uh, re-released by Limited Run Games. Uh, it's it's largely incompatible with the uh, retro USB AVS. Uh, I imagine it probably has other incompatibilities with uh, other a FPGA-based systems. It will work on an original NES, though. There's something with the... Uh, it's a completely new PCB design, so yeah. It, it will crash hard on Stage 3, Stage 4, and Stage 5. I, you know, I've noticed that is, uh, 
I've noticed that if there's too much cross because of all the layers of emulation that uh, that some of the FPGA tech is doing, that if you if you use it with certain uh, devices or hardware, like there's a crosstalk that like causes a lot of uh, glitchiness or interference. Like I noticed that uh, Terra Onion did a revision to their Super SD System 3. They they did a uh, a new version that has straight HDMI out um, and is also able to emulate super graphics stuff without needing to plug in the system to a super, a super graphics. Yeah. However, if you plug in the Super System SD3 into a super graphics, you fuck with the very tech that the original t- basically there's crosstalk it like the buses interfere with each other and it doesn't work so i mean to be honest there that would be completely redundant and fucking stupid but maybe if you just want the hdmi out i don't know i just i i found that a little weird to be honest like i i have my super graphics with my uh, super sd system 3 i have no need i i still don't even know why terra onion went with a revision like that but um i just i find I think... it funny it's just because the super graphics is as expensive as it is. Um, yeah. The using the PC engine as the base instead of the super graphics to get the ga- the same sort of gameplay out of it. I think mm-hmm. that's the main way because you can get a PC engine for considerably less oh, than yeah. obviously a um, than a super graphics. I think super graphics right now are trending at around six hundred bucks. PC engine, like you can get an original Damn. PC engine for hundred bucks, right? But I so. grabbed, I grabbed mine for four, four hundred. Well, yeah, but you've I'm had yours. I'm an incredible thrifter. <laughs> you've had mm-hmm. yours for like three or four years, though, my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my my PC. Remember when I got my PC engine Duo R for two hundred dollars? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, in the box with the with the instructions, my oh man, it's so much more expensive than that. Yeah. It reminds me, dude. That whole situation reminds me of that TikTok video. I'm like. Don't do it. Don't do it. I ain't gonna do it. Bitch, I did it. And then like you go ahead and yeah. fucking buy it. And I'm like, oh, all right. Fuck. Neat. And then you I mean you dude, threat- we went back to the threat- hotel and I'm just like, you going to sleep right now? You threatened to you threatened to kick me out of the US if I didn't buy that. <laughs> if I didn't oh, dude, buy it. It was a good deal. It was a great deal. Yeah, I'm I think you um, did it. I, I wanna say that it was probably the better buy between that and Panzer Dragoon saga. Yeah. I, I would say so. I'm glad you you made that. Uh, definitely made the right choice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, I let's see. I have. I'm gonna try to like also quickly run down what I've got. But yeah. how do you feel? How do you feel about ending things? What if? How do you feel if I go next? Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. things that i bought um and vaguely messed with uh i grabbed a playstation classic it was on sale I grabbed all right it. yeah i also grabbed a uh <laughs> a true blue uh usb stick pack which these fucking things uh effective i i haven't dared plug one into my computer for fear that it might bring something awful into it 
but yeah, uh, I did invite I did, unnatural I, yeah, things. <laughs> I, I just I hate the whole marketing behind them. Are you guys vaguely familiar about these True Blue sticks? They're they're all nicknamed uh, like really offensive and egregious names uh, of drugs. Like there's the crackhead pack, and then the meth pack, and then the marijuana pack. I'm like, bro, like, I what do they these. do? Hold on, they, just, they have different. They why didn't get... why didn't they call it the pot pack? It's just missed opportunity. I don't. Yeah, th- there's like another one, but like they're okay. So they're USB sticks essentially that go into the second port that just uh, bring an assortment of other games that seamlessly integrate into the PlayStation Classic UI. The moment mm-hmm. you plug it in and boot up your PlayStation, you just see a larger carousel of like over a hundred games versus a twenty. But they also, what it sucks, though, is it overrides the stock games that are in um, Mm -hmm. the PlayStation. However, it does come with a USB accessory with multiple USB slots. So you can buy the rest of the packs and even still have the ability to plug in a second player controller. Because it's supposed to go into the second USB slot. Um, But I do appreciate... I do appreciate, too, that it also fixes uh, all the bad PAL ROMs that are incompatible. Like, Tekken 3 is on the pack that I grabbed, and it is significantly more enjoyable. Like, I played the base Tekken. Oh, shit, dude. It is it is so weird and unnerving. And, like, mm. it, it just sucks when you have, like, the foresight to where you can see the things that it does running incompatibly as it does, where it skips frames and there's, like, this awful lag. In something like fucking Tekken of of, of all things, um, you might say that it's not your pal. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would, I, I would absolutely say that because I did. Boy, fucking howdy, man. Um, oh, pal, like getting into the pal territory things. That's got to be a whole other episode. But yeah, uh, I fucked yeah. up with that. Um, Which I can help I, with that, by the way. I well. I so I've been um using it on my um uh, I use my 1953 uh PVM mm-hmm. to just cuz it has PAL frequencies. So the only PAL games I fuck with are uh the Amiga games that I have on my Amiga CD32, but I still need to recap the system and change out the lens uh because it doesn't always it sometimes the lens does fail it's at that point. So it's right now I'm running the uh Terrible Fire 32 it is a homebrew accessory that basically acts as uh, not only an ODE. Well, no, actually, the the next one's going to be an ODE for the Sega Amiga CD32 games. But essentially, the Amiga CD32 is uh, a very souped-up Amiga 1200. So all of the games leading up to that will work on that. Um, and then I, I have to set my preferences to where everything's force-pushed out of uh, PAL output. But I have an NTSC model, which was... Uh, very rare and propped for sale in Canada, mind you. So that's fun. Uh, but they never saw the light of day because Commodore got in some weird lawsuit over their keyboards and they couldn't win the lawsuit and they shortly went bankrupt in all but their uh, European homeland. So, um, but I've been playing a lot of Amiga games like uh, BC Kid, which is just bonk for the Amiga. It's fucking great. Uh, some games I've gotten to seamlessly output in PAL okay, and others I haven't, and that's because I I just have to learn Amiga code, and it's fucking... But I finally have a working keyboard. I got a keyboard prior, and it was junky, and I couldn't really use it, and then I got a new one. Works great. So it's just about time and energy getting into that. But 
not the thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, I also grabbed a really good deal, and I had to jump on it. I grabbed a Mega SD. Um, so I've been messing around with that, and man, the emulation on that is, I would say, significantly better than the Super System SD3. Like, it has run everything flawlessly. Um, but uh, the issue I ran into is uh, I designated a Genesis 3, but the Genesis 3 was not triple bypass modded. So I can play everything, but any of the stuff that I was playing for Sega CD had no sound. So I just got the mod done on it, but I have yet to actually plug it in and mess with it. But yeah, I got to really uh, fuck with some Sega CD games that like were out of my price range that I never got to get. Like, uh, speaking of which, uh, Flink, uh, the only other game to be an Amiga CD32 exclusive. Um, that was so good that they ported it to Sega City for Northern American uh, audiences and also a fucking insanely expensive Sega City game. So I got to mess with that. Um, but as far as the games of choice, like the games that have really, really like taken uh, my attention, uh, I'm going to talk about four. Uh, first two I'm going to talk about quickly because I kind of dived into them on the last one. Uh, Lost Judgment. Um, every bad thing I had to say about Judgment as far as not realizing what it wants to be and kind of introducing gimmicky mechanics that weren't fleshed out and just kind of feel like these uh, very surface or otherwise like flimsy cosmetic hanger like hang-ons to like the core uh, dragon engine for the uh, Yakuza games uh, you could throw that all out the door all of it's way more seamless they like the writing's always been great in these games, but in terms of, like, setting up and pacing, like, to where you actually have to pay attention now and gather clues and evidence that you can use and also play parts in other, even side quests, very refreshing. It, basically, the first game, like, really wanted you to believe, like, what if Yakuza and Ace Attorney had this dumpster baby? When, in fact, there were maybe three instances in the original Judgment that had you kind of feeling like that, and they were very isolated and too short-lived. Lost Judgment now as a whole, a uh, majority of all of the uh, mini subcases and other things that you do now feel like that, like gathering information and picking. And like, I think that was really neat that uh, Ryugotoku like took that criticism because a lot of people did share that. Um, and they ran with it and they absolutely, it, it's definitely set itself apart from the previous Yakuza games and even the original in a, in a much better way, in a much more fleshed out and complete way to like what you imagine the experience. And they've even added some other things, um, like as far as playing the fact that Yagami is kind of a more fit and athletic dude. So uh, they've added like some neat like parkour dynamics that like, again, add to the uh, sneaking around and stalking dynamics that when you have to tail somebody, uh, a suspect or whatnot that you're collecting information on. Um, it took like 15 hours to get into the meat and potatoes, like the action of the original. That is like not an issue here. You immediately get into it, and this game is significantly way less of a grind. Um, you now, when you're fighting, they've won, and, and I teased about this in the last episode, but uh, they've now introduced a third martial arts style, snake style, which is uh, really neat, but the one thing that I'm not a fan of is... Um, where I feel like certain special moves were uniform, or at least they had some sort of counterpart or analog between the different styles. Uh, one of my favorite techniques of, across all the Yakuza games is the 
uh, parry and deflection where you can parry a move. That is, as far as my knowledge and how far I've uh, progressed Yagami and his character stats, that is locked to the snake style, which sucks because mm-hmm. um, I kind of want, like, there are times where my muscle memory will trigger and I'm, I'm not on snake style. I'm on crane or tiger. Um, I'm also not as good. Like, I basically, the fighting mechanics in the first one were really advanced. Like, we're talking, like, virtual fighter juggle advanced to where if you like really frame watched what you were doing and did your inputs just right. You can actually juggle uh, uh, bosses and opponents in the air by switching back and timing between styles where there are actual combos. Um, and that always kind of turned me off because it was a little too hard for me. And I could, I just like, like Yak has always, always been like that accessible, like here's a few combinations that like you could do, but like you can also grab a shitload of weapons or do some insane cinematic super move, like throw somebody in front of a car or fucking like throw them off a lake, like some shit like that. Uh, throw a bike at jug- <laughs> Yeah, throw a bike. Well, yeah, do something insane, like fucking like fight them in a convenience store and then stick their head in a microwave. Like that has always right. been like the vibe and spirit. Um, Lost Judgment gets back to that. So mm. the techniques have been slightly watered down to where, like, I tried to use some of the ones that I did recall and have locked up to a point. It doesn't, at least to my knowledge, so correct me if I'm wrong, Internet, but as of now, like, all those advanced nuances of juggling enemies and whatnot, not there. But there is one thing that makes a game feel way less of a grind and also makes fighting probably funner than it's ever been in any of the other series is now uh, you get little uh, micro achievements, so to speak, to where... Say if you, uh, in one skirmish, if you use all three styles and then you do an airborne move with one style or if you do uh, an EX maneuver with the other, you now get uh, like multipliers that add to the experience points. So where a normal uh, fight would have probably netted you like 80 experience points because you did all these other fancy maneuvers, they like chalked up the fight to an extra like... 360 points on top of your 80 so now you've got 480 points so they're now like um unlike uh yakuza you earn just like flat out experience points that you just map out across three different pages of character progression it's not like linked on a grid or anything like the previous games were um so there's one that allows you to uh, essentially increase the amount you get from fighting and just doing that alone I turned what would have been like simple grinding. Like I did just a few hours of doing nothing but street fights because there's one uh, street in Yokohama, the map from like a dragon, it makes a return in judgment. So that's also cool. Uh, Excuse me, lost judgment. Uh, There's one street that's always notorious for having constant enemy encounters. So I was able to beef up real quick. Um, The one thing I think is probably like my biggest knock against uh, lost judgment. A lot of the side games are, better on paper and not very well executed um so a big plot point is you're solving a a mystery that's bigger like larger than life than and has all these other smaller things going into it like any of the other major plot points like the political subterfuge and all that shit that the series is famous for um but it involves you going undercover at a school and you take a job as a school counselor um helping out with the various clubs each club because they they're um uh, all the members of the specific school clubs tie into one like other larger sub uh side uh quest mystery that you can also get into um 
represent like the different mini games. Um, like there is an esports club. You just play Virtual Fighter Five. Like I love it. It's just yes. like where you could just play Virtual Fighter Five in the arcade. I'm like, no, no, no. Now we're gonna make this a plot point. Like so, I I found that hilarious. Um, uh, the other one is the robotics club. So you do like battle bots, but it isn't just battle bots. You actually have to claim territory. Like it 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 feels like like a weird combination of Shogo and Chinese checkers. Um but with uh battle bots and you customize the bots um and then there's uh the dance club which is uh instead of karaoke it's the dancing so you do like ddr style things uh some of them are cool and then some of them like the the robotics club it's a little flimsy i'm not like the mechanics are like not very well explained and the ai is really rough unless you grind for superior parts um I don't know. It's not as fun as the uh, business uh, mechanic where you're running the um, Ichiban business enterprise. Like, holy shit, I can't even tell you how many hours alone that I spent doing that in Like a Dragon. But other than that, Lost Judgment, like, huge improvement over Judgment. Like, honestly, Lost Judgment, uh, really, like, it's it always tried to really set itself as the uh, rum and coke to Yakuza's whiskey and coke, and, and instead, like, the initial release kind of felt like a, a weird gutter shot of the two, where it didn't, like, establish an identity of its own. It was trying to be something different, but not willing to let go of something else that made it feel more like the same. Uh, Lost Judgment completely gets rid of that. Uh, I just wish it had better, uh, at least, uh, you, side games that lived up to the potential of their uniqueness like they're very innovative like on paper but in in practice like they're still kind of sloppy so but i i recommend it it's um it's on sale right now for uh the uh post colonizer sale extravaganza mm-hmm. uh like 25 the, bones i think yeah yeah it's worth it i yeah i, I cannot... grab for that so um I, i'll touch on sable real quick uh, Sable, and I've gotten more into it. Super relaxing. Uh, really enjoy it. Like, to me, and, like, I know this is cliche at this point, and I kind of don't give a shit. Um, like, it's this cliche of saying something is the dark souls of something, but it really does kind of feel like um, Journey with more depth. I'll say that. Instead of Journey and Breath of the Wild, because that's what I was going, I'll say it's Journey mm. with more depth. Um, that, like, there's there's definitely more of a a nuance to the physics of traversal like climbing like it really you know what it reminded me of was uh shadow of the colossus but instead of like the peer pressure of like trying to climb this beast that you're trying to bring down and kill the pressure comes in trying to map out a route of how you're going to get through certain terrain and and um, the verticality of certain structures uh working with the stamina bar that you have um it is buggy as fuck though i am not a fan like there is a mechanic that you have to just summon your bike you have uh a simone this bike that you use to get across it's like vast open spaces um but if you stray from it from a while and you use the call button your bike doesn't show up and then you've lo- you can't get your bike i've learned that the only way to make your bike reappear is to fast travel to the last town you visited, and then your bike will appear beside you. So that really sucks, um, especially if you... Because, like, it's it's one of those 
being as it's an open world game, it's definitely one of those where you're on your way to one objective, but you see other objectives along the way. Some you can do on the way and some you're like, you give yourself a mental note like, oh, I got to go back and do that. And when like they were pretty close or not too far off from the one objective that you just finished doing or were working on and you don't have a bike to reliably get there, you have to instead do this exploit that shouldn't fucking be the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of kills like all the energy because it, it is a very expansive and overwhelming world. Um, but I really enjoy it. I definitely enjoy the characterization and the writing. Um, as far as um, Sable her herself as a character, um, I I enjoy that. There, I don't know it. It in terms of writing women, and even then, just the inclusiveness of uh, just any other walks of life. I, I, I think this is again. I'm, I'm loving the trend where I'm seeing more and more uh, non-binary characters appear. I, I appreciate the tasteful and tactful like explanation, where again they're just like they don't like this is how they prefer to adhere like this is who they believe they are um and just the way they they integrate that so seamlessly it's it's written very well i just wish it played a little better in terms of its mechanics because like it has these ideas that again really pan out but they're executed so poorly like just between instability and and just other stuff too like the waypoint system Oh man, the waypoint system's fucking garbage. It is so unreliable. I I basically in instead of like uh pinpointing where I'm supposed to go, um it has you know what, and I I find this problem with a lot of other open world games. Specifically, I think the most notorious game is Arkham City, where an objective is on a landmark. However, that landmark is a structure that has a lot of verticality to it and where the physical, like the, the contextually sensitive area that opens up the next transition to begin that objective is not at the base or summit of the landmark. It's some weird interior area that's like you have to climb up a ways and like just kind of trying to find your way around it or navigate it. I hate it when games can't fucking like, I, I don't know if it's just me and I, I'm, I, I cannot imagine like the challenges that come to properly direct or navigate a waypoint like that but if you're gonna do something like that as a player i can't tell you how much it turns me off to where if you can't properly give me a way to like build familiarity and like open world games need to feel fun traveling like so many games fuck this up biomutant fucked that up too biomutant Mm. was like a big culprit of giving you a fucked up waypoint and you're on top of this mountain only to go around the back of the mountain away from where like because like it, it does that counter where it counts steps or meters. But like you can be right on top of it, not realizing that it's on the other side of the mountain in the secret cave that's like on this river runway where right. it, like like you're if you're going to do something advanced like that, your waypoint systems need to be better tuned. You need to have a better algorithm using that. I, that's that's my biggest gripe, and um, I kind of hope that it's maybe due to the fact that maybe they're inexperienced as the developer, and maybe they have more to learn as they put out future projects. Because I don't think this specific developer for Sable 
they're they're kind of an unknown, right? Yeah, absolutely. But right. Um, but even then, like for what they've done, especially in their in their freshman release, like god, right. god damn, and like it's commendable. Like, I think that they definitely can show they show promise. It sounds like, and they have the good game, ideas, like you said. Just the execution has to kind of catch up. Yeah, when the game hits its points, when it does what it's supposed to do. God damn, it, it's certainly like a an enjoyable, memorable experience. Like I can't tell you like how on point it was to get Japanese breakfast to compose for the game. It really oh, kind of tight. Wow. Yeah, dude, it really tight. Like there are moments and, where that game really comes together. And I'm um, surprised because I know when you initially played the demo, you were really not on board with it, like how jarring it was. And it seems just, like I, you've kind of come around to it a little bit more now, which is good. I, I, I acclimated to. I just hate the way it animates. I right, really right. do. Like, I get it. Like, but I, I it, when you honestly, when you try to like not fixate on it, and you get lost in the Mobius visuals, and I think it just eventually just, just kind of blends into the background almost. Yes, like at yeah. some point it feels natural. Like, I, I think I don't know. It, it, it just depends on certain uh people. Like, um, okay, like you and I, we grow up like all of us, all three of us. We grew up on a bunch of stop motion productions like California Raisins right. or Wallace and Gromit, like a lot of claymation and stop motion stuff. But I, I, I challenge you if you find a, you know, a newer, younger audience, I will like straight up it. You'd be surprised how jarring and some like even people just find motion sickness because of the transition that we've made. Right. Uh, from previous like technology of how we broadcast our media to now the more fluid, more defined and uh, quick, fastly rendered like stuff, it it you'd be surprised how some of the older productions that really like manipulated or exploited uh, various like means to an end within their technological limitations, like where it it was something that we we were fine, we were conditioned to that. People going back to experience that now, it's weird. It's kind of like that sensation. Like, I don't know what it right. is. I, and I, that's how I try to acclimate it to, like, uh, or, or tune it to. Like, this is like a stop motion deal. Right. And like, I, well, and I like how you use the word jarring because I think there's another game you might touch on a little bit that I played a little bit of, and I can say the visuals and the aesthetic of it was also jarring. And dude, I, I thought something was wrong with my graphics on. card. I thought something was wrong with my graphics card. I yeah, dude. Can, yeah, are, you, are, fucking... are, 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 are you talking about inscription? Yes. So and I think that was by design, but I just couldn't put my finger on like I hadn't seen anything like it before, but it felt familiar and in the same vein, and I don't know how that is. Like I just don't know how to place it or, or what like how that feels familiar to me. It does, but it's also jarring because I'm like, this is I don't know, man. I, 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 like, can you like? I mean, I don't want to like get off topic, but I just well, I felt like when you said jarring, it immediately like that's the first like instinct. That's the first like reaction I had to that game was I was it was jarring. Well, yeah, because it uses a lot of old uh like it it has a uh, a video noise uh filter on it to make it look okay. like a VHS. Grainy, uh, you can turn yeah, that yeah, off. Sure, yeah, sure. very grainy. But even then, mm. it's just that you like you have like. I think when it when you start playing a little bit, and I was like, I was a little concerned because uh, my laptop is way more beefier at this point than my desktop, so I run a lot of more of the advanced PC games. And like Inception, or excuse me, Inscription is not advanced per, by any means, but like it, like I could even run it on my PC. But I was surprised to see like the visual presentation because at, like at first glance, it looks like a game that's rendered. 
but right. it's not rendered. It's all done through like advanced pixelation to the point where like because it's done through a high definition display like any of like the um Jesus the the term is on the tip of my tongue uh ed uh genesis games and playstation games are infamous for this it starts with a d dithering dithering thank you the dithering effects um are like just there where like i feel like if you played this like if you were to downscale this game and output it on like a a crt god damn i don't know how i forgot dithering i'm so sorry it is late um (laughs) and i'm so sorry It's, it's so much later for you guys um Fucking, but you yeah. you feel like that was kind of the, like it's going for the CRT yes, look, and but on a high def. Yes, and yeah, I that, also that mm-hmm. I got unfortunately something um spoiled for me by accident. I won't disclose it here, but mm-hmm. it does make more sense to the grand visuals on display. But yeah, it's a weird looking fucking game, but. It, Weird man. in all aspects. It goes some places, and I've only played a bit of it in the demo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been playing a lot more of it, but it just—it definitely seems like it. But but, do you think it's style over substance? Do you think no. that there's bones? Okay, good. They're okay. Total. Okay, so okay, it's just—it's so—it's so cryptic, like in in how because it's. The game is deceptive in deck what deck building roguelike, I guess, right? Like, would right. that be the it, the categorized it's a genre? Roguelike, but there's also there there is a metatextual. <laughs> yes, there's a metatextual Black Mirror esque mystery behind it all, to where, right, right. um, like it, it very much has like some Toby Fox vibes, to where the initial impression of what you have is not what it seems and there's a lot of layers like this game is a fucking onion and Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it sucks too because like i want to do the i want to get into the exploration of the the metatextual um nuances that are taking place like around the core of the game like i want to so i mean just to get to it as we mentioned roguelike deck builder you are plucked into, or you're, you're essentially put into this room uh, with a uh, just a game master, dungeon master, game master, what have you, who is essentially directing these various little campaigns that you navigate and complete through uh, card games. And the card games function like that of a trading card game. Uh, definitely the vibe that I got is it's a simplified yet still very like deep take on like what if magic the gathering and snk card fighters were like that's the the total vibe that i got um were kind of mixed together and like for as simple it like it's it is the definition of uh pick up and play like easy to learn hard to master um but i do like every time you think you have a grasp on the game uh it there are new mechanics that are introduced and that's by design. It just sucks that like, I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just like the game like has some really poor um, boundaries and walls set in place to prevent you from sequence breaking it to where it, it doesn't like you're not, it's very hard to like stop a player from 
uh, exploiting or breaking your game by accident if they get really good at figuring out its mechanics. But I feel like one that could be a little bit more... Because um, for the longest time, like I, I was just stuck at this boss that I didn't want to lose to because like I, I had the hang on it. And that's the thing, too, um, that kind of bums me out, which I think they did this by design because it's the roguelike, which I did. It doesn't even make itself apparent that it's a roguelike. I, I felt no. like for very much it was a, like a linear campaign until you realize, like, no, if you're going to lose, you'll lose. Uh, if you decide, fuck this, I'm going to restart the match and try again, you do not, your cards do not shuffle. You get the exact same draw. So even if you had like a bad draw to where you have no control, you can't really trick it into mulliganing it. You're going to either really have to pull something out of your ass, or you're just going to have to accept that you got a bad draw and you, you may have to just lose, which stinks. Um... But yeah, I, I feel like the game could be a little bit more elegant in how it uh, gates its players. But I I really enjoy the mechanics where uh, essentially you have your unique deck and then you have a deck that is guaranteed sacrifices. And that instead of being able to lay right. down one card per turn, you can lay to, as long as they don't have like any tribute sacrifices... You can lay down as many, and if you have a combination that you can build right there, you can do it. I, I found it weird, too. Um, I find it really unique that, like, the hit point pool, like, what decides, like, the swing of a, a game um, isn't this static. It's basically a, a, a weight scale that is weighed by teeth, but, like, for every hit point that you do, you add more teeth to the other scale, but if they do some damage to you, then like you it just throws the scale back into balance. So you can literally like just sometimes prolong a fucking game, which sometimes makes it feel helpless because eventually, even if you're stalling, kinda trying to figure it out what you can do, um, the game will eventually only let you draw so many squirrel cards, for example. That's the one thing that fucks you, because like if you need to stall, you can't draw from your special deck, which may have a tribute behind, but like you need to like block your uh, block against an offense with like some sacrificial ease of play cards like the squirrels you kind of have to like really mince around it so some some um but it seems like battles... even I it seems like even items are kind of in place for some of those like critical moments which... where you can't get a card to come out and so you have you use an item to kind of like which I found really Do different neat. things. Yeah, I love yeah. that like you can get a grab there's avenues there. Yeah. yeah you can you can just get a modifier to nowhere like um I, I think what I did that the game didn't account for. So the second boss, you're supposed in like it this is not this is like forty five minutes in the game, so I don't believe it's spoiler territory, but without going into much and I shared it on Twitter too. Um the second boss, after you uh each boss usually has two rounds where you have to fight them and then I in order to get through the first round, I had two pliers. The pliers allow you to literally yank out your own teeth and then to place it on your opponent's weight scale to add his damage. So I had two pliers, and then I had a combination of cards that, uh, given that the opponent didn't have the right cards to really stack up against, took the first round loss. The, oppo uh, the opponent will then scream, Wait, not now! Too fast! And they just fucking completely break the game. Like, if you're familiar with fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Just imagine, like, 
eight blue eyes white dragons just hitting the fucking table and then just getting demolished out of nowhere. So it wasn't until I realized, like, man, I really have to, like, take this loss. And then it starts you over and, like, hey, there's some other mechanics. You can go into the rule book and learn all the little nuances, like the card effects, the sigils, and what you can do. It keeps getting added on to, which I appreciate. It definitely keeps the game fresh, but I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it because every time I feel like I have a handle in the game and I built my deck around my handle in the game, and then you introduce, like, imagine, like, okay, like, uh, Magic the Gathering. And that's probably, like, it, it's so funny that it just encapsula it encapsulates, like, what is at large, like, an issue with trading card games, like Magic or Pokemon, where when you have a understanding of the, even the advanced mechanics in the core game, every new set sometimes introduces, like, this new rule that, like, almost completely nerfs or breaks some of the old rules. And I don't know if Inscription's intentionally doing that as, like, commentary on the trading card game huh. uh, Possibly. medium. Possibly. But, like, it, it's guess, getting to yeah. the point where it's a little frustrating because, like, I'm building a deck around. And, like, you get to keep some of your old cards from, like, a previous run. Um, but you have the chance to earn new cards. So... Um, one thing, every time you get taken out, you can basically take your strongest card, or you can take three cards. So you can choose some of your stronger cards and combine them into one custom card, and you can even uh, make it your own. So, like, I powered up a um, card that had very low sacrifice, and it had six health, four attack, and it had a flying sigil. So... It basically helped me break a lot of the game where anytime I did draw it and I had something like a black goat, which basically acts as multiple uh, sacrifices in one card, or I had the means to like bring it out, it, it was a game changer. And it's still currently a game changer. So I, I don't but know. Now, like, don't you don't you customize those cards with your name when you've like wiped? Or is this a different card that you're talking about? This is the this is the card from I got from losing. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. So, um, but yeah, like there's this one character card. He's always in your deck, regardless of playthroughs. Called the Stout. It's one of your stronger mid tier cards, and it's the only card that talks to you. And the whole time, it throws commentary on whether or not your strategy was poor, or whether or not you are a a fucking like a, a idiot pawn that isn't seeing the bigger picture to where the game master will even interfere because the game master that's running you through all this is role playing all of these bosses and uh, and opponents they just put on a different mask and then they do something it's it's really bizarre but it's an enjoyable bizarre and it's very eerie like val is right. unsettled once you watch him play for him and like i actually do not like the way it looks or sounds like, which is to your point where you were mentioning earlier, like, I, I, I think all of it is by design. Um, but uh, has anybody, have any of you watched the horror movie uh, VHS? I've heard about it and I've been, I've been meaning to check it out, but no, I would I absolutely it check it out. But like all of the effects that like are with older, like Betamax and, and VHS or whatnot, like tracking and just white noise of like that 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 screen tearing and then like even like some flicker which i do enjoy the accessibility options of being able to manipulate that again for what we were talking about earlier those who 
uh, may be sensitive to various um, lighting use in a video game or, or any form of media. So, um, you, you, dude, it <sighs> Hereditary. Has anybody watched the film Hereditary? Fuck. No, because the same person I talked to about VHS told me to also watch Hereditary. You should. You only should. only it, because only be only because I watched um what's the other one they did? Uh Midsummer is not as good. Fuck but dude, that movie fucked that, me up. Oh dude, Hereditary like, I, Hereditary I still think tw- about fucking Midsummer. Hereditary is twenty times worse. It will re- like okay. honestly, I think it's the scariest film within the last decade. But like, there's one shit, thing shit will stick with you for sure. Yes, absolutely. I mm-hmm. still think about it. And one of the things I think right. about intentionally in there's this really unsettling audible like eh, eh, eh. it's like like it sounds like machinery but it's like ominous mm-hmm. it happens throughout 75% of the film for no reason and mm-hmm. like it was people are like is anybody else hearing this like they thought like they got a bad copy or whatnot or people are thinking like they've all done intentionally by the director right, right. because it is in audible <laughs> it, it 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 literally in the in the subliminal way that like certain colors will make you uh more comfortable in your environment or more hungry like it is a audible sensation that has categorically yielded like statistically anxious results out of those who have all listened to it especially when put in a situation that they're already expecting something bad to happen and it only fed into that Inscription has a lot of those vibes in its uh, presentation. Like there are times where, like, it really is. You're just playing a fucking card game and a, and a fun one at that. But then some shit just goes down, and it's just weird. And like the 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 direction you're being led, and the way your hand is being pulled at, it it does make me feel uncomfortable at times. But like it's so bizarre. Um. So, I uh man, I did not want to go this long in inscription. I apologize, but. It is one of my game of the year contenders. It is it is very good. Like the moment you talked to me about it, Andrew, you mentioned like uh Justin McElroy had high praise for it. I, I knew I'm like, yes, okay, I'm gonna check yes. it out. Yeah, he was very keen on it. And uh there's been a lot of talk of people saying, like I know Patrick Klepik was was super uh stoked on that game. I think he finished it as well. But yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Anthony Gallegos and Matt Chandernay. I remember they did a like oh, a little okay. spoiler cast too. I would love for us to do a games club. I would love did, for Ed, did they, I know was it a was it a Rebel FM deal that they did that on? Because I, I missed that. Yeah, yeah, it okay. was Rebel uh-huh. FM. Um, nice. I have to check it out. Ed, I, I, and I know this may not be your jam, but like, believe it's like. Remember how we wanted you to play Gone Home with us, and then you're like, oh, you know what? That was neat. I, I promise you, it's one of those experiences. I would love to take you on this ride. I would love all three of us to go on it together and then kind of fuck around and talk about, like, how we felt. It, yeah. is, it is that weird. And, like, I don't know. I've never really talked to you about cards, Ed. Like, have you? did you ever mess with, like, Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon? Like, <clears throat> card games are my jam. I, uh, I was in a couple of Magic tournaments. Oh. Yeah, that's my that's my secret, like... That is, I don't want to say guilty pleasure, but that is the guaranteed way you will get me to fucking get hooked in your game. I don't know how many. But it's like, I, it, but there's so many card games now. It's so hard to like bro, pick out what has. I would a cool... love to do like a top five of amazing card, like SNK Jeez. Card Fighters alone. I I could not, I cannot tell you how much I would love to like have you guys play Card Fighters. The DS one 
which I feel like did not get enough love. I'm I'm bummed. I don't know if it was licensing. They had a Neo Geo fucking pocket re-release, and you're telling me like one of the must owns for the platform didn't make it into that fucking collection. We got fucking Beast Busters instead. Like I don't know. Hmm. Um, Which the only reason uh, that the DS version didn't get as much attention as you might think is because it had a great uh, a game breaking bug in it. I totally forgot about that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it's like, and it's also near end game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. basically, you play the whole game for nothing. Yeah, I forgot about that shit. Um, but like from software, which also I would love to do a video spotlight on. One of their best games that I feel like no one fucking played: uh, Lost Kingdoms, card based. Uh, Botan Kaitos, also for the GameCube, card based. If it has a card game mechanic to it, I I will fuck with it so hard. I, I will mess with it, like, the likes of which you will never see. Um, so, yeah, I knew right away the inscription was my jam, and holy shit, it was, it was way more than I expected it to be. Um, real quick, uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Holy shit, I somehow lost 40 hours to this. Like, I... Holy shit, dude. Yeah, dude. Because... Wow. You went um, deep. I did. I'm, oh, I'm in there. I'm unashamedly in there. Um... With my day job, um, because I'm doing a lot of the uh, extracurriculars, because we're so behind in a lot of various positions, I'm in certain scenarios to where my attention can be divided. And I'll just say that. I, I think we've all been there. Our day jobs suck. Right, so, right. And it's on the I, switch. That's why I, it's why I've been plowing through so many graphic novels in recent months. So right <laughs> Yeah, dude, and plus, on the Switch, which is right, very right. easy to do it on. So, right. yeah, dude, I... Okay, now, I I love this game, but I've now kind of, like, hit a wall where, like, my, the appeal of it is starting to wane a bit, because it's now it's getting the stuff that I don't like, the, the like, the persona aspects of it, because there, there, there are characters, there, there isn't a dating aspect to it, but there are, like, relationships that, like I imagine that you're somewhat maintaining or will lead to multiple endings. I, now, I would say is that with characters in the game, or are those with demons that you recruit? Characters in the game. I think okay, because 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 the relationships the with though. the demon recruiting has always been a like Shimagami Tensei mainstay. I would say not right. so much oh. the relationships. I think the relationships with characters, at least in my knowledge, and Ed, you might be able to speak to this as well. I only remember playing Strange Journey on the DS. And then Apocalypse on the 3DS. I know there was relationship aspects in those games, but I don't know of anything prior to that. I was going back on Nocturne. It's funny enough, uh, before you came on, Ed and I were talking That's about That's right, Nocturne. Yeah, yeah. Was there relationship stuff in that one, too? I don't recall. I didn't play that one. Not, I mean, not too much. All Like, the biggest thing that always stands out is it's featuring Dante from Devil May Cry. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And the Matador. Fuck that guy. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, but like, I, I haven't, I've been away from Shimigami Tensei for a hot minute. So it's made and me And we were really upset that you couldn't get you into Persona 4 as much as we wanted Bro, to. So too, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're like, gr- like really like gravitating to this and like it's got to You want to know why? It took me 10 minutes to fucking start doing things. Bro, yeah. <laughs> it takes you like two hours to do something in Persona. It's, it's. It, ah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just laying the groundwork, though. Once those, once once you're into it, like you're into it for another hundred hours. 
but to have the investment initially up front is, is oh, yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like Shimigami Tensei's fives way. And plus it's very like, I'm doing a lot of the talky stuff, but I'm not locked in the talky stuff. And there are some quests I left behind. I realize that I can literally fast travel back to the open world. And I'm like, Oh, I can still fuck around here. Like if yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm not ready to do talky stuff yet. I want to fuck around more. Um, so I will say like the biggest thing, uh, and like, I feel like I, I don't know. I don't want to say that the game is, um, engineered in a almost pay to win style, but let me just say this there. And, and I, I think this is in a, like in using previous, uh, Shimigami Tensei titles too, but there are experience points and then there are glory points. Mm-hmm. Glory point accumulation is such a fucking hassle and really like it's almost slightly broken in the fact that like you really have to pick and choose like what sort of miracles, which are the character enhancement modifiers, basically the equivalent of a skill tree uh, mm-hmm. are the miracles, which can only be purchased with glory points. And Honestly, the game gives you like certain item caches where you can find 10 or you can get like the little collectible race, the Mimon, and they're worth five each. And even after like tracking down like fucking 28 of those at the point that I was um, and I grinded crazy hard. Like, so just to give you an idea, 40 hours, um, I the big boss that I fought was level 22. I fought that boss at level 27. Uh. So. And I still struggled. Holy uh, yeah, shit, did yeah, yeah. I still struggle just because um, I I had to do some fusion with various elements. The battle system is really unique. I, I enjoy that it's not a matter... Like, each demon is... Like, it's not like something like Pokemon to where... I mean, you can. You can make it like Pokemon, but the overall idea is that each demon is essentially a stepping stone for where you are as a character, and the goal is to eventually tribute and fuse weaker demons into stronger demons, so you're not really supposed to get attached to any specific demons, at least for very long. Like, the game's whole pace is just moving and doing so, because uh, essentially, with you moving through and fighting characters the only way to like get a um a big advantage is to either strike a critical hit or hit a weak point in which case the turn that character went in your party uh doesn't count and then if you get lucky with critical or if you time and strategically pace around your um which character hits which weak spot for the opposing party, you can keep your turn going to where you can just do, like, a uh, total sweep within your turn, which is really neat, especially when you find ways to get good combinations or you're in an area where you really configure your team around it. Um, so a lot of that's really gripping, but even when you, like, have all the utilities to build and customize your demons... You being gated behind the glory point progression really kind of, like, I, I felt fucked up. So this is what I did. Here's my dirty little thing. Uh, Shimigami Tensei Five has these monsters called the Mitamas, um, which are rare spawns in the game. They're naturally in the game. And they're insane in where their weaknesses are randomized uh, each and every time. And 
if you don't have an item like a spyglass that reveals it and you hit them with the wrong type of attack or element, uh, they'll automatically block it. And then upon their turn, when you've exhausted the actions you can take in a turn, uh, they will escape like nine times out of ten. And you'll lose out on whatever they have to offer, which typically is uh, way more money, way more experience or like big um Point progressions, and we're there's talking, different ones. We're talking about those uh, those ones that are like teardrop shaped, right? Yes. The oh, metagama. Oh. Yeah. Well, there, there's okay. there's four of them. You can fuse them into like one major one. You can't catch them in this game. Oh no. No. Awful. I I, I thought they were brand <laughs> new. I don't know. I'm not. See, like Shimigami. I'm like I have Nocturne. Um, I have some like of the Japanese stuff that I play translated. Uh, versions on and then i have jack bros for the virtual boy oh, <laughs> like, yeah. that is, which... uh, persona at least persona three and four uh the metagamas there was four of them and yeah they they were able to be fused into like this ultimate metagama in the end game yeah so they they're the rare spawns that get you stuff but you can spend three dollars in the eShop to increase their spawn rate so, and when you increase their spawn rate, they're fucking everywhere. And you can buy the red ones for experience, the gold ones for money or maca, or the blue ones for glory points. So, I did the huh. blue ones. And I completely maxed out all of my miracles. And you unlock miracles as you go by traveling in the open world and then fighting like a... Like the various, like the equivalent of like a Far Cry fort or fucking like a tower in Assassin's Creed. Once you conquer it, you not only open up more areas of the map, you unlock more miracles that you can then use at the uh, layway stations that also act as fast travel points in your shop and what have you. So that helped me like get around the game. But I'm, I'm telling you, like these miracles include like building up a... Um, a, a predominant uh, advantage in certain skills or uh, an, a defense against specific affinities. Shit that, like, you would normally get through natural progression but have to, like, do a pick-and-choose, a risk-or-reward type situation. And they're gated behind, like, astronomical values. Like, like there are certain caches that'll get you 50 points at a time, but I've only been able to do 40 hours into the game. And, like, I know I grinded a lot, but, like, I did, like, quite a bit. Uh, I found three. Everything else has been the Mitamas, or sorry, the Mimon, uh, which you find for Gustav, the shop owner, and they're worth five each. So I was just like, fuck this, dude. I, I caught myself up. And then, like, I, I luckily I beat the boss prior to doing that, but now I'm like, I, whatever else this game fucking throws at me, I feel way better about it. But I, out of all of them, like, I don't think you have to get the experience building, uh, Migama or Mega. I, I, I could have sworn it was Mitama, but uh, I, I don't know. John Guziamo and all that shit. Um, but you don't have to get the blue ones or the gold ones. They, I, I imagine they would make the game even, like, they would push the pacing from, like, a slow-paced game to a pokemon pace game. Um, but the blue ones, I think, kind of fix a broken aspect. Like, there's just too many gated miracles that really, really hamper just how strong you can build your character at, at stages where you should. Um, so I did that, and so far it's 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 definitely and like what's cool is you can manage their spawn rate after it's, your game recognizes that you downloaded it. So 
I went back and like just turned them off and like give me a normal spawn rate, which is uh, like one out of a hundred encounters, as opposed to literally every cluster of enemies you can see, which you can all see them uh, on the open world map. Um, I really dig it. As far as an open world game and one that's of a turn-based RPG and just doing the things, I really dig it. The only big flaw they have aside from the glory points is, god damn it, navigating it also sucks. It like its waypoint system sucks. Like there's, uh, the, the what's on the map. Like I have three quests that I've completed, and I don't remember where I got them from, and like. I can't figure out on the map where they were. I forgot where they were, so I don't know how to report them in and get my goods. I was actually going to, mm. like, YouTube a video and be like, where the fuck were they? I was, like, traveling this riverside for God knows how long, and I gave up on it. I'm like, fuck this. I'm moving on. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I really, really uh, enjoy uh, Shimagami. Like, that is... I, I tease three games that are Game of the Year contenders. Uh, Dread, Inscription... Shimigami Tensei Five, all like, valid contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I they have absolutely enraptured me. Like even then, I might, I should be playing more Lot Judgment because I'm finishing up the review. But I really want to get through the talky parts. I will say, the story is far more interesting. Um, like the 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 high school aspect of it is definitely way more toned down as opposed to Persona. Mm. Um, and of course, Persona's like got that. Like that hip hop, I wouldn't say hip hop, but it's right. got a very trendy, poppy right. vibe to it. Where Shimagami Tensei is just like, bro, we have demons on toilets and shit. Like we're dark, we know what we're about. We're fucked up and we're gross. Like we, you, right. you want to talk to a demon? First thing it's gonna ask you is, are you a top or are you a bottom? Like that we got demon's that gonna say, shit. fuck you, fuck this. Yeah, I ain't exactly. doing shit. Yeah. yeah, bro, I like that. That's where I'm for. Like, like lean right. in. Uh, right now, my party is uh, Jack Frost and Pyro Jack, which I guess they don't call him that anymore. They call him Jack O'Lantern. And then I, I wanted to get my other Jack boy so I can get my virtual boy team. And he's not in the fucking game. I looked it up. No, Jack, Jack Skelton? Jack the Ripper. Jack Skelton is his North American name. Yeah. yeah Jack he's not the Ripper. Hmm. Yeah, he's Jack the Ripper. He's... um. Like, I remember they called him Jack the Ripper in uh, Strange Journey. I remember he's, like, one of the earlier uh, demons you can recruit. Um, but, yeah, he is not in the game. Black Frost is in the game. Um, that much I know. But, yeah, all the other, like, big staples, like, you know, the game starts off with slimes. And, <laughs> like, it's it's neat. There's, like... So much meat to that fucking game. Because I'll, like, alright, so I put 40 hours. Um, I was at the first, I got to the first chapter boss within 40 hours. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. That like, is there's a undertaking. A yeah, there is a lot of meat. I, wow. I can't imagine how many hours I'm going to put. Granted, I grinded, like, I realized, like, again, uh, the boss of the first chapter is ultimately at level 22. And I, I came there at fucking level 27. Right. So uh, it was still a challenge. It was still very difficult. Um, but yeah, that that's it. That's what's in your console for me. Uh, yeah. What about you, good sir?
I picked up uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five as well. I have not yet had a chance to play it, but it is uh, currently in my system. So hopefully I'll get to it here in the near future. Um, also picked up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on PS5. It was on sale for the uh, magic number of 25 right now. A lot of games on sale during this holiday season are at $25 price point. I'd love to see and, a bunch of games I picked up that I meant to play well, full price turn 25 at the fall. <laughs> It, dude, it did that shit to me too. What did I end up buying? I bought a couple of things. Uh, uh, fucking Far Cry Six, that went down real quick. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank has gone down. Returnal. A lot of things I got like in the summer, um, have gone down price. But you know, I think these are these are good prices. Like I was gonna get Guardians at release because Aaron was talking about it, and I just had to tell myself just just wait, just wait. And thankfully, that was rewarded. So. You know, it's it's a lot lot, lot of the FOMA, you know, mentality and also working in retail, working at the store I worked at for so many years, you just always got the thing at release. It was always like you had to do it. So I think easing myself into being patient and waiting on things to come out has been difficult, but I'm trying. So well, at this point, it's easier because there's so much now. Now there's right, right. Uh, Games Pass, in in my opinion, is absolutely you know absolutely and that's honestly the only things i'll play now is game pass day one releases and i I have one very big one in particular i'll talk about uh but yeah game pass has been a godsend for people who don't want to like kill their budget with game releases coming out all the time so well worth the investment we're always i mean personally i'm always endorsing that i think that's a great oh yeah absolute same absolutely i um like god no no go ahead no, I was gonna say the only other thing I picked up was a uh, controller for my PC, which is another thing I'll get into later. Um, I didn't like using wireless or Bluetooth enabled controllers on my PC, and the Elite Version One controller I have doesn't work with my PC. My Xbox Series S controller does because it's Bluetooth enabled, so it does work on my PC. But I wasn't really feeling the wireless controller, so I wanted to get something wired. By one to have the ability to use it like a elite controller, so I actually picked up a Razer Wolverine Ultimate wired controller for my PC, and it's been working nice. great for me. <clears throat> How very, is that? Very, very well. I mean, it's really honestly, with the exception of like not having as much heft to it, and some of the like really like pressure sensitive control on the triggers and the back paddles, it works almost like an elite controller. A lot of it's customizable where you can switch out the paddles on the back. The analogs are switchable. And the only thing that you can't switch out on this one is the D-pad. But a lot of it is very similar to how the Elite controllers mapped out. Um, like I said, just it doesn't have the heft and it doesn't have the like the, the trigger. Like like something like that, like very pressure sensitive on the triggers like right. the Elite does. It kind of uh, doesn't have that. It sounds a lot like the, the layout's uh, very similar. The Razer Sabretooth that they made for the 360. Which is, I had that one as well. Yep, I had that one yeah. previously. Um, so this was an upgrade for me. I to take apart my Razer Black Widow keyboard. It is fucking failing on me now. A lot of keys aren't registering. So I don't know. Which I, a lot of those. Yeah, and honestly, Razer's doing a lot of good deals right now if you need to upgrade your mouse keyboard. Uh, I just got the Keo Pro camera on sale. Uh, but I've been wanting to upgrade my camera for a minute. And it's not the best camera you can get. I think Logitech still has it in spades on cameras right now. But mm-hmm. for the price, I thought it was a pretty good investment. Isn't that the one with um, the, the ring light built in? Correct, yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. So so you know, excited to, to to use that stuff. But the controller's been coming in handy um, for a particular game I've been playing. But just to kind of do some quick takes on some other games I've been playing. Uh, Forza Horizon Five came out. We talked about Game Pass. We talked about the you know ability to play that day one. I I I'm glad they're still going into the like leaning into Horizon and not so much the motorsports games. Because mm-hmm. I feel like and, and George, you kind of touched on it a little bit the exposition. The storyline stuff of it, you're not really vibing with as much. Um, I think it's too much. Like it, I, to to, to a degree, but I think it's very much like they know it's kind of like ridiculous that there's a story in a racing game. I I, I just feel like they personally kind of lean into it a little bit, which I think is okay to do, and I think it's fun. Yeah, um, I, I I the one my biggest nitpick with the few hours I spent. I really right. like the open world. It's super fun to explore, but the physical races themselves. I think the track designs are a little hit and miss because there there are so many times where like the track is suddenly not on a track it just goes off road for fucking whatever reason right. and then there are these uh like these gateways that you uh, essentially have to hit you have and, to hit them or else you have to reverse yeah right but you have yeah. to hit them square in, in the middle if you even right. like even touching them like it, it has such a weird contextual sensitivity to it that mm-hmm. like when you do miss them and you get sent so far behind, I'm just like fuck this. So right, right. I, I'm not a fan of the tracks, but so far right. I've been enjoying it. it. It's been good. It's a nice little like game to play if you don't want to really stress on it too much. Like I just play it just like to do something while I'm listening to a podcast. Like it's very like in the background. Like I'm not thinking about it too hard. Uh, and I will say to Microsoft, like their initiative to make games more accessible. This is by far the most accessible Microsoft first party game I've seen just because you can, I mean, and it takes a lot of fine tuning, right? Like it gives you so many options to tune it to your ability, to your level of expertise, to the play style, the difficulty that you want to experience. And and more importantly for people that have accessibility that they need to address, it's all there. So you can make that game really tailored and you can make that game very tailor fit to you. So I, I think that, you know, I, I really like applaud them for doing that. Um, and I think that it ultimately makes these games way more approachable. Cause I know when you've played something like a Gran Turismo, like a motorsports, I just always felt like the learning curve was steep and getting into it and really experiencing it was difficult unless you were sitting in there with like a wheel and, uh, you know, the whole like pedal, uh, shifter, like the whole deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so way more accessible and, and honestly, I think it's been doing very well for them, even game pass and purchases. So I, I think they obviously have found like the good, like middle ground for, for the racing games. So I, I'm fully content with them just staying away from motorsports in general and just sticking with horizon going forward. Um, but I played a little bit of that and have been enjoying it. Another racing game that kind of took me by surprise, uh, was, um, uh, hot wheels unleashed. Played it for a little bit on PS5. I've been hearing some good things online about it. Thought I'd check it out for a bit. Ultimately, I don't think it's the game that I would probably like want to play all the time, but I think that's also a game that's on sale right now. I actually picked it up from my local library uh, and was playing it on the <laughs> PS5. So, oh, hey, shout out, shout, shout out to your libraries, man. Hit those places up. They got some good games. That's, uh, that's hilarious. Right, yeah, the library is a good resource, I think, at least in in my neck of the woods for for games. Sorry, if you don't want to go and buy, Schnauzer just like super annoyed that we've been podcasting at this point. She's just, uh, like, I can imagine. Pay attention to me. Oh, over it, over it. My cat was doing the same. 
Um, so I actually didn't know this. I was trying to look into it a little bit further. Hot Wheels Unleashed is developed by a company called Milestone. And, and, and they actually have a, a lineage of racing games. They are responsible for the MotoGP series of games as well as the Ride series of games and wow. uh, Monster Energy Supercross and MXGP. So, you know, driving games, racing games, definitely in their wheelhouse. But I, what I liked about Hot Wheels Unleashed is the racing itself felt very good. Um, and, and you really want to kind of dismiss it as a, like, packaged this is like a you know like it's something like a, a kid's product they made into a game right but like the the bones of it the raising is is solid it's actually a lot of fun um maybe not like on a mario kart level but like just like pure racing and speed and the velocity of it like feels good the cars I, I, have different things that I've really seen, kind of incorporate it yeah from what i've seen people share uh, uh-huh. I really enjoy the track design. Like, I don't know. It the only thing like about a... track design, it, it felt very, like, as you're progressing through the game, it feels very samesy. Like, there's not much difference in the tracks. So that's the one thing I kind of took away from it that I did not like is the, the tracks. Um, yeah, and, but the layouts are, are good and accessible to, like, really, like, race and, and, and get, like, maximum speed and using your boost. But... Man, you hit a jump with a boost and you don't land on the track just right, you're going fucking like all over the place. It is very hard to control sometimes if you're not careful. So the careful. traction's really bad. Traction, well, it, it all comes down to the cars you're using. You really have to use the stats of your cars to know how much weight you need, how much speed you need, and you kind of have to play that game. See, yeah, um, that's it's funny that you're having that kind of trouble with Hot Wheels. Like, I, well, I haven't right. played Hot Wheels, but Hot Wheels look like right. a more arcadey experience. I'm having a lot of those issues in Forza, like some of the right. initial tracks where you have to take incredibly sharp turns and like you're racing against these motocross riders. You're not racing against traditional cars. And mm-hmm. like I it's again, accessibility, it like being able to start the race back at like your own pace from like the last recorded checkpoint that you did, like does help you kind of maneuver. Like I, I like the rewind feature, but yeah. I don't like like being able to really like have a, a grasp of your drift mechanics, and yet you throw a turn at me that's going to unless I have like the the best loadout and the best grasp of, of the the racing physics, it's gonna make me fishtail nine times out of ten. So I'm so that's what you're running into with Hot Wheels as well. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe it's just my inexperience. You know, maybe if I like did kind of concentrate on a little bit more and focus on a little bit more. It might not be as bad, but well, um, like you know. a lot of games like carts, like cart racers, like Mario Kart, where right. when you're, you're conditioned to like after you drift and you let go of the gas, just so you can get a little bit more of a turning radius and then hit the gas at the peak of the turn. It you're the, the games kind of like that we've played have conditioned us to like, Allow like the the game gives us a lot more leeway and flack in in maintaining control to where mm-hmm. we're able to manipulate those turns and where these like that which is why I'm surprised that Hot Wheels of all all fucking licenses is <laughs> like kind of emulating a more realistic approach right but right. like the moment you do turn at the apex of I'm sorry uh, hit the gas at the apex of a sharp turn that you uh, previously drifted out of. That like you you come you if you don't drift in a way to where you can maintain control you completely spin out and like I I'm I'm struggling to keep that I'm just I, it's weird that you're having this issue with Hot Wheels. 
I mean, maybe to a degree, yes, but I, I still feel like maybe it's just my inexperience contributing to a lot of it. Um, but I mean, it, like, it is fun. I, I think maybe if I put more time into it, I could really learn those mechanics. I think you're right. I think I've maybe played a lot of Mario Kart and other racers to where I feel like I'm automatically going to that control style, and that's maybe not what Hot Wheels is wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just having to learn its mechanics and learn its balance to really think, kind of maximize the most of the driving. Same thing. I, I'm telling you the same, anytime mm. I hit a Turismo or like even Ridge racer or like, like stuff right, that like right. is a little bit more forgiving. Like recently, because I, I picked up the Daytona titles, mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, the, the soundtracks on vinyl. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back and play some Daytona. And even then those had like some arcade mechanics, but like, you're we're so used to like the uh, the auto correction of our cars like when we like fucking hit the fuel at the apex of a turn and cars don't work like like that like you do that like (laughs) you like you will swerve in and out and then like you need to maintain and like there's so much velocity going on your back end that like keeping it straight and doing that when you're like hitting a serpentine fucking like angle like outrun style where like okay hard right hard left uh it's it's a little bit of a bullshit like a, like a, move like, like, like a rally racer or something really yeah that's a bullshit yeah. move 25 minutes into it so like i sure. there is the accessibility of being able to rewind and do stuff like that that makes it awesome but at the same time like damn i don't i don't want to rely on like these exploits to kind of like like i i don't know i kind of want to Maybe I'm just getting more impatient with myself, but like I'm just, I'm I'm enthralled to hear that you're having something like this with. I, I like on first impression, I totally thought it was like an arcadey racer, like cruising right. style. And it, you know, and like I said, it might be. I, I guess maybe just my racing games have been <laughs> Nicktoons and Mario Kart and Forza. <laughs> pretty much it. One of them is my kid. Uh, <laughs> but I've been playing a lot of those too. Uh, but the only thing I didn't like about Hot Wheels was the track design felt very like cut and paste for a lot of my progression. I played through it and it takes fucking forever to unlock cars in that game. Cause you get, um, like packs, you get like an actual like pack as you progress and earn enough coins in the game. And it just takes fucking forever to unlock any cars. I, I will and, say that, and that's Forza the bummer does not of it. have that problem. Forza, Forza no. will give you away, uh, will give away a car just for you, like turning it on. Absolutely, and then you get into like the custom creations and shit like that. Oh my god, like that that that's the best part of that game. It's just what people are making online. That's Hot Wheels um, for you. So, Take that. You, right, yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. Hot Wheels, yeah, is fucking disaster. Try to buy the cars you want to get, just like probably buying them in stores. I'm sure. I wonder uh, if there is like a hardcore Hot Wheels community. I'm sure there is. Like, oh, oh there has absolutely. To be. Yeah, they wouldn't be making them if there wasn't some kind of collector market. Highly collectible. What, yeah. What happened to Matchbox sure. cars? Are Matchbox cars still a thing? They are still a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I probably have seen them anymore. before. Yeah, I've seen them around. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but um, yeah. No, I'm. But just, uh, they don't have I the guess... brand recognition, but yeah, they're still around. Right, right, yeah, definitely. Hot Wheels is a name brand. Um, but the game I played a lot of, and I am very excited to say, in my opinion, Halo multiplayer's back in a big, big way. I have been thoroughly enjoying playing Halo Infinite multiplayer. Uh, it was a surprise drop, probably almost a week ago. I would say. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was on as Monday. the time of this recording. Yeah. So, so actually, this week, right as of our recording, 
Oh god, this week has been so long. Yeah, I think it was. It fucking has been. It fucking has been. Uh, I played a little bit of it in the test flight they did a few months back, like end of summer, early fall. Uh, and and did enjoy it, but didn't know what I was really getting myself into. So I started playing the actual release. Now it's still technically in beta. Um, they're running this as a beta until I think either launch of the game in December, or even after that season is up in like early January. But I've been having so much fun with this, and 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 to say it's back, it just feels like they took so much time to get the the feel of it right. Like it has a speed and a weight to it that feels like Halo 2 multiplayer. And I actually found out, and everyone has been posting on social media about their Halo 20th anniversary museum, you know, results and what they played. I saw, I saw you were having some difficulty with it. Yeah. Um, all I saw was that the most hours I put into a game was Halo two and it fucking makes sense. I played a shit ton of Halo two multiplayer land parties online. You name it. That was like my bread and butter for years. I I definitely want to play it. I like, I have it ready and whatnot, Right. but right. I'm curious to hear because, like, this is the only major complaint I've heard is that okay, it's very grindy. Like, you do not make a lot of headway. Earning. No, I would say if you play a match, you can maybe progress the bar. I mean, right now I'm level 27, 28 in, in the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's taken, I mean, a very long time. And I'll be honest, I bought the Battle Pass as well, so that's helped contribute to a lot of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're doing a event right now to get this Samurai armor, and you have to progress that Battle Pass, which is free for everyone, but you have to progress that to level 30 to get all the components of it. And I think to get to level 30 in that, I've gotten maybe three levels of 30. And how I've been many, playing... How, how many hours have you... Uh, I'd say I've probably put in a good four hours. Damn, dude, that's of those some, three levels, that's and, 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 and eleven shit. Well, and that's only if I'm winning matches. If you're not winning matches, I don't think you're getting as much experience. Mm. And and that's also using like double XP boosts and things like that. So yeah, it's very grindy. It takes a long time to progress. Um, I don't. I, my 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 assumption is they thought that the progression would be fine because it's literally it's going from now. Free to play, and it's also going from now until like January or maybe like uh, December. So, I mean, but the season's going to take a very, very long time. But this event specific is like maybe a week or two. But I just think that they thought maybe someone would play like religiously and and get no problem. But a lot of people online have been saying like, no, 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 and not at all. And you also can't like. You can't. Look, there are people expect... that play Destiny Two. There are people that play Fortnite. There are people that play Apex. Yes. And then fucking Battlefield Twenty Forty Two came out. I mean, it came out with a thud. It is not doing well. Only because only because Halo fucking yeah. like 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 took their thunder real quick. Um, which I mean, hey, for a strategy like that's not bad. But yeah, it sucks for Battlefield for sure. Uh, but yeah, the the progression definitely has to change, and a lot of people have been vocal about it, and I think they've already addressed it. They're on a break right now because they they released it early, and then took a little bit of a break, which good on them. Don't don't make your people go into crunch on the fucking holidays. Like take your break, mm-hmm. it's fine. We'll just have to retroactively figure something out, or you know maybe make some of those unlocks a little bit easier to get before the time's up. Um, but no, other than that, I mean, but the thing about progression, like it's fine and good, but the game is fun to play. 
it the map design is the best it's been in decades. I mean, oh, yeah. it's it feels right. It's almost like intuitive. Like you'll be playing in a map and I've not played this map before, but the layout and the and the flow of it just like if you've played Halo multiplayer in the past, it's almost like it's just you New you Age sense Exactly. Like you sense where these like blind spots are, you know where these like you need to look down this this aisle to get, you know, the shot off from the other side of the map. Like the layout is just very intuitive. Um and like I said, everything feels good. The speed, the weight of it, the guns feel good. Uh they've made the assault rifle the best it's ever been, and the assault rifle is usually junk. Um I wouldn't say it's on par with the battle rifle, but it's it's like it's usable. Like you can shoot in bursts and actually be pretty effective with it. It's got good range. Um, the pistol's not as powerful anymore, thankfully. Um, oh, you know, all the other weapons are, are good and like, and you know, it has good balance. Like you could be going up cause right now one of the game modes is Fiesta, uh, for this like limited time event they're doing. So you get random weapons every time you spawn and you can also pick up weapons as they're dropped by dead, uh, enemies. So you got someone with an energy sword or the hammer it's not automatically game over if you keep your distance and you're good with whatever you have in your hands. Like even with like the most powerful weapons in the game, if you're skilled enough and you know the layout of the map and you know to keep your distance, you can still combat it. I feel like in Destiny, if you have a specific weapon in play, you are going to die ten times out of ten. Like there's just no combating it. But I think Halo has a decent balance right now, in my opinion, to where everything is Oh no, I, like, I agree. Compatible. I, I would so for example, like just to add to that point, and I absolutely uh-huh. agree, just from like even playing prior to the main beta release, um just seeing a matchup of somebody with a grappling hook versus a hammer and Oh, the just, grappling hook is so fucking good. Right. And and even then just like the hammer, it's funny, like as overpowered as it is, I, I think it might need to get nerfed a little bit just because it's it's faster and I've noticed an in infinite. And like mm-hmm. I've seen people expertly use it, like just straight up, like just dust up on a warthog and then fucking like flip it like right. a fucking burger. Um right. like nothing. But like I mean a warthog it, like those have always been punchy. And even like when you have and like they've always majorically felt the same. Like being able to like time a swing perfectly on a on a fucking incoming warthog, like I I don't know God-like, I don't feel God-like. like yeah I don't feel like you were able to do that with a hammer before even when like uh three four three kind of like made that like I, with at least with that I felt with like four and five as far as their multiplayer and what they've done mm-hmm. with the hammer like I I don't know I feel like all the ideas and previous like physics that they really wanted to bring to the table i think they finally fleshed out here with like their infinite engine i i i i'm also excited it's just again it's a matter of finding the time and then i can't imagine again because like you're you're on that destiny tip so you've got this and then you've been, got... been for a minute yep yeah so but i do yes uh as far as like the uh the the weapon uh, variety and the various levels I think they really complement each other um, as well as the fact that the maps are so fun to kind of learn and play through that like even like the territory mode which is like you know it's still not as fun as just some good old fashioned capture the flag or or slayer 
Um, mm-hmm. But even just like doing, and I don't recall the term for the territory, but just marking areas and defending those points and recapturing them. Um, which, funny enough, it reminds me of that Lost Judgment uh, mini game I was going off about. Um, the fact that the maps are so fun and intuitive that even then um, you can kind of like, especially when you fuck around in this mode in some of the larger maps to where like you guys like sometimes territories um, in various points can be so far away from each other that it can be a while before firefights even happen. Like sometimes it's just a matter of capturing territories and then getting to uh, the combat. Uh, I, I, I got to give it to the team uh, at three, four, three for really kind of fleshing out and then just getting back to the meat and potatoes of what like made yes. these games. But like also like, the fact that like it wasn't just like it isn't just this classism thing anymore of like being able to learn like what's good or what's not and exploiting that that like everything has been balanced to a point where like anyone can play and even then like it just the various styles like me personally i'm not great with the grappling hook like it's fun but i think it's like for some reason like the learning curve is not clicking with me but the parkour and sliding mechanics are totally right. clicking with me. So I, I've been choosing that as my go-to over the grappling. Yeah. And, and it all comes down to also, like, what power-ups you can utilize in your play style. Like, there's a dash. There's, like, a kind of, like, almost like a uh, like a power, like, push kind of thing that you can use as one option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the grappling hook and the, the shield. You know, there's a lot of things. So you can tailor-fit it to your style of play. Are you aggressive? Are you defensive? Um, you know, are you you know, long range, like, like these things can incorporate into your play style. Um, and in Fiesta, it's been fun just because you have to kind of play with a little bit of everything. So it's a good way to try everything out. And, and, and you know, like Fiesta is like a disaster. You could go two and 10, you know, and get completely destroyed, or you can go like 15 and three and dominate. It's just, it, it changes almost every match. So it's just an easy way to like experience everything, try everything and not take it too seriously. It's not a ranked deal. You're just playing it for funsies. Um, and it's just kind of progressing the overall battle pass right now that they're doing. Um, and like I said, this is all in beta. So like you said, if you have Game Pass, I think you can do it on Steam. You can do it on almost anything right now. Like It's just oh, like it's you can jump super, in and play. Yeah, like I... I I don't want to be a shill per se, but even in, like, in my experience, I think they're even easier to find than PlayStation 5s at this point. I A Series uh, X yeah. has been such a wise investment even like right. right now i totally forgot oh shit i can install cyberpunk into my series x which i haven't even bothered doing and i and i realized like fuck it i'll, I'll move it off my one x and put it on my series right. x and maybe i'll get like what i'll i don't have to worry about fucking with it on stadia um and i i'm curious to see what sort of updates like i i'm sure at some point We'll see the No Man's Sky uh, revolution. Yeah, on it years from now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, and I, I've been playing Halo on PC, and it works amazingly well. You know, I, I've been playing with the controller. Like I said, I got the aforementioned Razer controller because I will not be very good with keyboard and mouse in this game. Just flat out, will not be able to do it. Uh, but yeah, been enjoying it. I'm really excited for the release for the campaign. Uh, definitely enjoy playing that, but the multiplayer has been, I mean, I've not been into a Halo multiplayer since Reach, uh, so it's been really, like, getting me back into that, that, that feeling of, like, playing Xbox multiplayer games, and, and really exciting, man, just, like, like, a lot of nostalgia 
surrounding Halo right now for me personally. So I'm I'm, I'm all for it. Been been really exciting. Happy to hear it, dude. I yeah. I want to get in on that. It's just we're we're in the too many games mode, and apparently everything's on sale. And then, um, I I have a a, a Mister on the way that I might mess with. I've got this Mega SD and even this PlayStation Classic, which may seem redundant when I have a Sio, but you'd be surprised how finicky the fucking Sio is. So, like for example, I don't have Jersey Devil, but I want to play Jersey Devil doesn't run on a Sio, so I'm going to have to see if I can uh, mess around with this true blue stick and get a Jersey Devil ROM on it. I don't know. We'll, we'll fuck around and find out, but in the meantime, I think uh, we're at a nice, healthy uh, end point for uh, Press Pause Radio right. episode 137. What do you all think? Yep. A nice, just chunky end. Yep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Man, all right. I'm so sorry. So before we get into the house cleaning, um, I don't know what it is, but uh, <laughs> there is somebody that shit posted. Like uh, I don't know if it's a shit post or a real post, but uh, selling their uh, son's Nintendo Switch below cost in order to get back at them for uh, continually taking a shit in the bathtub, uh, and they won't stop. And they put this in the Craigslist listing. But one of the things was like, yeah, you know, because my son won't like get with the program that keeps leaving back some cornback rattlers for me to fucking step right into each and every morning I want to shower uh, I'm going to get rid of and like I can't get rid of that phrase out of my like head now now I'm just like cornback rattlers yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck dude oh man like that is some that is some white people TM and like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. here for it I love white it white people problems yup mm-hmm. uh so you just listened to Press Pause Radio episode 137. If you liked what you listened to, definitely give us a subscribe over on Apple for uh, their podcast directory uh, and shoot us a review. It definitely helps with visibility metrics and uh, gets more people to get in on the fun, such as yourself. We're also available on uh, Stitcher. Uh, we're available on Scatter Radio and uh, over 60 other directories. Uh, You can also go ahead and get our podcast directly off of our website at www.presspauseradio.com where you can not only find our episodes, uh, but you can also find our reviews, our features, our opinion editorials, our video features, and uh, several other projects that we have underway. I have a few video projects that I've been working on now that I've got some improved video equipment that I am excited to publish and show to you guys all because I'm still working on my uh, Atari Game Drive, a review for both the Atari Jaguar and the Atari Lynx. Um, I've got some stuff for PenguinNet that I want to do a little homebrew feature on uh, between um, Ricky and Vicky, which I talked about in the last uh, What's in Your Console that I hope you guys got to check out for a little bit. Um, definitely also recommend that you grab it, Ed. It's a very fun game. Go listen to the last episode to really hear me gush about it. Um, but also, I'm sure you're familiar with their uh, shoot 'em up release for the Lynx, Zaku. I've got that all locked and loaded. Um, so definitely want to do a nice little cool video coverage on that. Um, and as well as uh, I've got some other videos to talk about, like the Nintendo 64, as well as Metroid Dread and uh, some other games. So definitely keep your eyes out. Also, thinking about streaming some stuff with the new backwards compatible games pass 
uh, for uh, Xbox uh, Series X. Uh, I didn't mention it in the What's in Your Console because, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I did boot up a Togi, and man, uh, it, it is I it, it is insane, like, some of the touch-ups that they've done for these Xbox exclusives from... Like, I need to put in Blinks a Time Sweeper and some other ones and see, like, how the touch-ups... I still, like... And it's on Games Pass. You don't have to have the disc. Grab Panzer Dragoon Orta. I hope it's still on Games mm-hmm. Pass. But that is still the but like true 16 by 9 uh, presentation, like fucking fast, 60 frames per second. Like it's insane what they did with that uh, revision. But yeah, definitely lots of that coming to the show uh, and the website. So keep an eye out for that. Subscribe. Uh, and if you haven't already, subscribe on our YouTube and our Twitch, where again, uh, we're planning these projects. We're currently going to get in the planning stages for our Golden Zaki show. Ed. What have you been doing for Bullet Heaven, man? Because you've been keeping busy. Falling behind these days on Bullet Heaven, but I've got plenty of stuff in the pipeline. Uh, looking to get uh, our scat review out this weekend, uh, followed up, of course, by others such as Space Moth uh, Lunar Edition, Hono no Ranger Man, and various others, um, such as the Cotton releases that still aren't complete. I'm hoping they'll get their uh, their translation patches put in soon so that I can review it and keep it relevant for as long as possible. Um, there's also other stuff like the, uh, the first volume of the Game Boy uh, dossier that I'm going to be collaborating with uh, a dude named Game Boy Guru. Uh, we're yep. going to be doing an A-side and B-side presentation. Completely unique. No one's ever done this on YouTube, so it's going to be a pretty cool time. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, hope hope we definitely get that loud and proud uh, on, on the website and oh, yeah. definitely on the, on the medias. Also um, worth noting, too, I've got a slew of additional Game Boy titles coming in, including the... Uh, the quote-unquote holy grail on the game boy zass uh which is inbound right now so um you know we're, we're basically aiming for 100 percent completion on the game boy for shooting games neat yeah. i'm down quite for that. an undertaking i will say game boy guru also has a youtube so if you're going to be subscribing to studio mud prints i'd recommend subscribing to his stuff too absolutely yeah Subscribe to Studio Mud Prince, Game Boy Guru, and the PPR Broadcast, aka uh, our YouTube channel, because I don't know why we couldn't get Press Pod Radio. We're still working on that. Anyway, we should go find those people. <laughs> yeah, we really should. What I, yeah. I, it's still fucking mind-boggling. But anyway, uh, this is Georgie Boy's axe, and I think I'm gonna dust me off out on uh, the old cornback rattler uh, and call call it a good, 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 good cap to the colonizer holiday. Absolutely, this is Toast and Peppa Pig, Xbox One Game of the Year, or Golden Zonkey, whichever one you prefer. <laughs> and and what what's the Black Friday Black Friday deal on it at this moment? Full price, you get no discounts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is Ed looking forward to tapping that Zass. <laughs> <laughs>